Traveling to consciousness, exploring spiritual journeys to find answers in uncertainty. Live, Mark Champagne. What's up, my man? How are we doing today? I'm 100. I'm excited to be here. I, as we were chatting about before, I'm captivated by your setup behind you. It's awesome, yeah. or I should say, above you as well. It's all around, right? It's about the entire <laughs> environment. Yeah, and majority of people listen to the podcast, but um, yeah, what Mark's referring to is I have like a, I kind of got this like copper pyramid. If anyone listened to the podcast I did with Altea, we kind of talked about it a little bit more in depth, but. Mark was asking about it and I was like, let's just, let's just tell him what it is on the podcast. So in the love one material, um, who they like channeled raw, who was like the God of Egypt. And okay. essentially what raw says is that, you know, he talks about how he actually created the great pyramids in Egypt and how he, uh, assisted with it. And what he talks about is like the geometry of it is actually designed to help like the human body synchronize it's supposed to help with meditation and healing so what a lot of people did was is they actually created these like copper pipes that essentially form the vertices i believe it's called the vertices where two faces of a structure meet um so right now there's copper pipes that are essentially the vertices of the pyramid which i'm sitting in and the idea is supposed to help with healing and alignment and just based off the angles of it i that's kind of as much as I know about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I mean, with all of this stuff, like, uh, you know, just in, 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 I guess, my backstory and journey and whatnot in mental fitness, I just, I find it all just so fascinating. And, and if like, we can almost default to, because there's different varying degrees of like what people believe and what people don't and so forth. But like, even what you're saying, like, what is that? What? what is the downside you know, just like roll with it right yeah. you know and like that's what you know for me it's that, that's what i've enjoyed most about just being on this this path of curiosity and like well what like there's so much out there there's so much we don't know and like we we come at this this world and journey in life at as as if like we're we know everything in a way or we've we've advanced so so uh, so far with our technology and this and that, but like, have we really, I mean, maybe there was something way bigger before us. Like we don't know. Right? It's, it's so difficult. And I mean, the more I look at it, it seems, it seems to me that there's probably like an os oscillating wave of like intelligence where we like, we get super intelligent. Then we forget. Then we get super intelligent. Then we forget. Cause yeah. like even look back at it now, speaking of the pyramids, we have no idea. The short answer is that we have no idea how they were actually created I mean, where I'm at now is they probably use some sort of harmonics or sounds or vibrations to actually levitate the rocks. I mean, and even the deeper I'm kind of going into Hinduism and Buddhism now that I'm kind of looking into, I mean, it just seems like there is this underlying force that we're operating at like 10% of our capability just from our yeah. mind and like our attachment to this physical realm. Yeah. Well, and I just, I, I watched, I, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but it's, uh, I just pulled up the name. It's on Netflix right now. Ancient Apocalypse. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the journalist Graham Hancock. And I mean, he gets a lot of heat, uh, for his work because it, it's like debunking, you know, dates and, and, and basically 
the history that we know from archaeologists and for whatever reason, which I, I still don't understand this, uh, you know, they don't like that because then they have to potentially rewrite history and it changes a lot of things. But if you can like put all that stuff aside and just go into it and, and into a show like that or a documentary or just even a conversation, I mean, there has to be something bigger and that we don't understand from even how we describe our technology within our civilization that's created some of these wild you know monuments and structures and there's just too much synchronicity and like perfection in all of these things to even come up with an idea in, in modern times of how that was how these things were created right it, it's interesting i if we go back to touch on what you were saying with with how like there's this resistance to new ideas and new information it's always kind of perplexed me right because there's something to be said for going either side of the spectrum right of so rigid that we're only going to believe this physical yeah. world this material world and then there's also something to be said for there's danger like that there's danger in there's danger in going to the other side where it's like we'll just believe anything like oh there's a pyramid yeah. like okay that has to be true right like there's a danger on both sides of there so where in this universe do we get that okay we should maybe be a little bit resistant to any like new ideas like graham hancock for instance is presenting but at some level we do need to approach these new ideas with the curiosity of what if how does yeah. this fit into our model already where is it a little bit different and how do we like adapt to it totally and that's the dance like to me that's where the magic is right it's just it's, it's first of all not taking everything so damn seriously including ourselves and just i think it just i, I guess what what continues to come to mind for me is just is just following your own curiosity and and then and then checking in with yourself as well as well like what what really feels right here and like what you know what feels <clears throat> really misaligned or far out there or where i can kind of pull the, the string a little bit to un uncover a little bit more and I don't know. There's no, I don't think there's any right answer, but I, I do agree with your, with your thought process around just the extremes, right. And, and just being careful. Like there's it's typically, typically there's not like anytime we go into these extremes, usually it doesn't lead us to the place that we're, we're, you know, where we want to be or where we're, where, where we are, are happiest or feel like we're making good progress or content and, and so forth. It's usually some sort of balance in between. So if we can somehow remain subjective and I think I'm biased just with the work, obviously, but if, if our minds are mentally fit and we do, you know, we have our own practices and rituals to do everything possible to keep them clear and, and available to think and reflect on that level, then then you start seeing, you know, you start seeing the path, you start seeing like, okay, well, that makes sense. Like, I want to go down that, that road. And you're less, you're, I feel like you're less controlled by others agendas because your, your mind is not on autopilot. You know, it's, it's, you're, you're calling the shots for the most part. Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge piece of the puzzle actually in my story with, you know, the, the C word that <laughs> will give us a red flag if we talk about it. But whenever that whole thing started unraveling. I was very disconnected from media and news. So like, yeah. I had no idea what was going on. It was probably February ish of 2019 when, or 2020, whenever people were like, Hey, we should worry about this. And 
I'm like, yo, I'm a healthy person. I'm going to the gym six, eight times a day. Like I'm good. I'm, you know, in the, you know, how old was I? 26, 27. So I was like, all right, like we're good, you know? And it was interesting how like my intuition led me to, okay, this probably came from that lab. This probably is yeah. the whole structure. This is probably where the money's flowing. And it was crazy to me how I kind of came to that pretty quickly. And to give the devil's due, I was a little shaky based on the fear that I was surrounded by, based on you know the doubt yeah. that other people were placing on me. But now it's like we're two years, two and a half years out, and everything that I like, all my intuition was telling me was true is like now starting to become mainstream. And so it's this very interesting dilemma of how much of like how much do we fully trust in it but then like measure that against what the current belief system is and how do we like it's that dance it's that dance of like you know how do i come across as not being crazy but knowing this core fundamental truth and how do you help people along on their own journey to discover that truth for themselves yeah Totally. Well, and I think it's, again, like what, what resonates with me in what you said is just, is that intuitive hunch, right? And when we're self-aware enough to follow it and, and continue to follow it, then, you know, at least we could feel good about our decisions. I think that's what, hmm. that's, that's probably the, I guess the, baseline feeling that I've had over the last few years of just so I feel like I've been pulled all over the place and with conflicting uh messaging and con conflicting you know decisions and then like I'm questioning this and I'm like well I really respect that person like I don't but I don't at all align with what they're saying like how are we so far apart like I that's the that those are the things I you know really struggled with you know, and my, my, thankfully my wife and I were on the same page. We just kept coming back to, if you look at all of this from a lens of common sense and just natural, I guess nature, I, sh I should say just nature in general, none of, of, of what we're being fed makes any sense for the most part. And I don't know. I mean, it's just... Uh, at one point, I think you just have to like accept the, like your position in, in, in all this. And, and I think again, like, again, with extremes, like, you know, re respect others as well in terms of where they're at on their journey and whatnot and, and what they believe in, and so forth. But anytime you go against your intuition on something, I don't know, I, I've never been, I've never come out the other side and be like, well, that was a really good decision uh, to uh, clearly I felt something and I did the opposite and that led to a, a good outcome. It just, for me, typically that that's never the case. And I imagine most people listening, it's the same thing, right? So it's no different in, in, in this situation. And ironically, uh, not ironically, really, like a lot of the stuff that I imagine uh, your intuition was raising red flags against is, is all coming out as, oh yeah, that's actually, that's fact. And, and no one wants to talk about that. It's crazy. I, I'm just, I kind of came out of the, that, that whole period of our life, which I hope is behind us or, or quickly becoming behind us. Almost just disappointment with society, I think in general, uh, throughout that whole, whole experience. It's just, it was a really sad experience for us as a civilization, unfortunately. Well, it, but that, and that's where it kind of gets interesting. And I was, 
just talking to my, I think, dad at lunch about this, which is almost our inability as humans to, like, like we were saying earlier, right? We get intelligent, we forget. We get intelligent, we forget. It happens even just with like ideologies, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's like you know the underlying idea or belief system that existed in Mao's China or Hitler's Germany or Stalin's Italy still pervades in the like underlying belief system of human ideology and whether that's to feel safe or to be afraid of something is probably the crux of it but it's just so fascinating that those underlying mechanisms to me are still there like yeah you still hear people learn from them yeah right like world wars too same thing yeah like i don't get it it's it's i don't i do get it because it always just comes back to the same thing, money and power all the time you know, you, if you swap out the topic, whether it's a pandemic, a war, whatever it is, right from the beginning of history always comes back to some sort of money and power, which is, I guess, interesting from, you know, at least from my perspective, uh, as someone who studies uh, people's minds more so for the questions they're reflecting on and, and mental fitness and whatnot, um, it'd be an interesting experiment to really like tr- really try to go into the study of these like power dynamics and why like I know Robert Greene writes a lot about this topic but like what is it you know like w- why as a human species um, we just go like almost come out of character for you know for these these power dynamics and so forth like what like what is fueling that like can we can we cut that can we rewire can we upgrade our software so we can you know stop going down these ridiculous uh you know journeys where literally people are dying and so forth and miserable and unhappy i I just i don't think we deserve that well so and this is this is kind of interesting because i was just talking to a girl about this the other day and she was kind of coming at it from the lens of, you know, basically, I don't want to misquote it, but in the sense of, you know, why do guys essentially lie to get with girls? And the reason I bring that up is because I think there's a very interesting parallel between what you're saying right here, which is the idea of power, right? I, I think that, and it's not all, I'm sure it's not all in every situation, but there are sometimes whenever there is this sense of power that comes from, let's say conquering sex with a girl or in the money case, conquering other people, having more money than other people. And where I'm kind of at in my whole journey is that it seems to me as though people are unable to find that power within themselves. So they look to the outside world to grant them that validation that they're missing already from an internal state. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, I mean, makes me think of, of, really all of Gabor Mate's work and and anyone in that space where there's it's all this stuff just stems from unresolved trauma in some capacity in, in, in the past and and not not putting in the effort like the internal work and and just trying to unpack some of that and be kind to yourself and slowly evolve and, and, and whatnot and then that just manifests in in all these different ways right and I don't know I mean I I I assume that it's kind of always been like that in varying degrees as, you know, as, as we've been here as a species, as, as humans, I guess you could say. Um, 
but I wish, I mean, I, I, I wish we would, I wish we would start, I wish we would teach ourselves earlier in the journey about so, some of these reflective practices or ways to go inwards and, and not, you know, have to follow essentially the default path of getting to this crazy moment. And, and just like your backstory where like life explodes and you're forced to do something right. Or, you, you know, you, you get to this point and, and then, then, you know, everyone hits it at different parts of their, in, in different parts of their journey. But a lot of people, you know, it's later on and it's like, uh, well, then it feels like you've wasted, you know, this whole, you know, the first half of your life in a way. So I don't know. I just, I just wish again, coming back to, I guess, full circle, how we started the conversation, like coming back to that intuitive, uh, sense as well as like how we were, how we were born. Like we're born curious and asking the questions. It's the only way we would reach and grab a table to, you know, stand up for the first time or whatever. If we didn't have that, we wouldn't be walking. We wouldn't be doing the things we, we do. And then as we get older, that curiosity seems to get, you know, pushed down and pushed down. And then we get into this, this, this autopilot situation where we're on other people's agendas and told like, this is right, this is wrong and so forth. And if you don't stop that at some point to, to, I guess, even take a look at your own belief systems, like, you know, I was born into this set of beliefs. It may have served you, but may not serve you anymore. And like, do we want to upgrade those? We don't ask those questions typically until, like I said, until there's some sort of big explosion moment. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I don't think we need to get to that point. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Revibe CBD. Now, I know what you're thinking. Another CBD product? And typically, I would completely agree with you. I've gone through all my trials and tribulations with CBD products, but this CBD cream is unlike anything else. Honestly, I don't know what it is, but there's something in the technology of it that it helps absorb into your skin and actually get to the place that aches and soothes your muscles almost instantaneously. It's close to instant. It's probably about a five to 10 minute activation that I've noticed, but sometimes it goes a little bit quicker. And so I know it can be difficult for the find the right one. And this was my personal favorite that I found after long enough. (laughs) I don't want to go back to that dark time. But I found it. It works amazing. And the creator of it is an incredible guy. So I highly recommend you click the sponsors link below. Click on the Revive CBD tab and get yours today. Revive CBD. Feel better. Live better. All premium. All natural CBD products. Yeah. It's definitely a series of events that I've been trying to unpack for myself. And part of me in order to calm my mind, part of me says, Oh, it's just too grand for me to even know. Right. And yeah. And even kind of like, as you're saying there, that energy is kind of the same energy as like, why wasn't I told meditating when I was a kid? Why wasn't I taught about finances? Why wasn't I taught about, you know, the inner dynamic political issue, whatever it is. Right. And there's part of me that tries to like, take the step back and look at it from like a bigger picture and the, the first place or the thing that's coming to mind right now is the idea of karma, right? And I, I try to look at this in the lens of even if it was 100 years ago, right? Because through death and rebirth, through past lives, I'm sure I would assume at least majority of us 
however, however it works, right? We could have had a live 200 years ago. And it's yeah. like, well, what's the purpose of that? Because 200 years ago, I mean, if you were in the Western civilization, right? I highly doubt there were very few people talking about meditation, mindfulness. You know, it was more about basically just operating from a lower frequency, if you will, low, from the lower i look at in terms of shockers right like from like fear or scarcity i mean i know i don't have to look further back than two generations in my family tree of of scarcity hoarding money hoarding things you know things Mm -hmm. are going to run out things are going to go scarce And, and again this probably just goes back to that cyclic nature right the great depression happens and then you have world wars and then so all of this kind of just gets embodied in the subconscious mind of humans you have kids and then they pick up on that energy, they model it, they rinse and repeat. And yeah. so there, there is a piece of me that sees it as a couple things. I mean, maybe there's, you know, people in the spirituality community label these as star seeds where they kind of already see these patterns and then they're helping others to try to heal the generational trauma or break those molds. And so then they are able to shine a light in a dark place in order for people to move forward or to come to a place of more alignment or fulfillment. And it seems, it seems to me like maybe that's just like the ebbs and flows of it. Maybe you need to get to a place in your karmic cycle or whatever it is where you see that polar, that polarity nature, the polar nature of, you know, earth, if you will, and then find a way to continuously go on that journey of avoiding the operation from those lower frequencies, if you will. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't have the answer. It, it, and I I think we're I don't think there is a right answer. I think we're all on our own path in in, in some capacity. Um, just for me, I guess what comes to mind is 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 just really doing everything possible to just slow down and, and, and ask the questions, like even, you know, with those cycles, right? Like, do I want to keep this cycle going or what would, would I be interested in shifting it for whether that's for yourself or for your kids? You know, immediately what, what immediately comes to mind is just our, our health in general, right? There's so many, I worked with a group of uh, integrative medicine docs out of Houston uh, a few years back. And just we just learned so much. We interviewed so many different experts across the health space and, you know, kept coming back to this thing, like where, where it's like, because you we hear the language all the time, like, well, it's, you know, diabetes is like in my genes or cardiovascular disease is like, it's just, you know, my, my dad had this, my mom had this, and it's such inevitable. And it's like, we just give up almost. Whereas there there is another route if you, if you're willing to ask the question and be curious about it, right? Like, well, what, like, what, like, what is it? It's not, it's not, sometimes there's genetic uh, factors, but from the research and from the, the interview series we did, most of the time, it's the environment that then programs the disease and, and so forth. Right. So it's like, if you change the environment, um, then you change the outcome and, and, the, the thing is, is we can't, we don't notice that if we just continue down this whole, like, again, this like people mover situation or, or autopilot. And it's like, oh, well, I always grew up eating these kind of foods and with these kind of belief systems and you just keep going and keep going. Um, but, but it doesn't have to be like that. 
And to me, to me, this is where this is why I get so obsessed with just good questions because I think the questions give us the pause or the opportunity to take a pause and go down a different route. And if we can just all take time to to and it doesn't it doesn't have to be complicated, just kind of two fundamental things like who am I right now? And, you know, answering that question without any, you know, self-judgment or anything like that, just what's true right now and who, who am I striving to become? And, you know, typically I don't think people would answer that, the, that, that second question with I'm striving to become sick or I'm striving to become, you know, irritated or upset, depressed, anxious. I mean, that's, you know, I, I haven't heard someone answer it in that, that case, at least up until this point. So if that, if that's true, well, then are the things I'm doing, the practices, the rituals, the people in my life, the way I'm looking at life, are they supporting that destination or are they actually supporting the other track, which is leading me farther and farther away from that person I want to be? So I think if, if we just, this is what I mean by like, if, if some of these, whether it's meditation or other practices, they all, they all help raise that self-awareness and like I said, kind of clear out some of that mental uh, clutter and, and and free up some real estate in our minds. But if we can start with just checking in with herself and asking those questions to get clear on like where we're heading and knowing that that's going to adjust and evolve as, as time goes, then at least we have a starting point of making some changes and whatnot. Right. Absolutely. And something that you were continuously alluding there, which if people aren't aware, you, it seems like, I don't know if you'd call it your brand, but something that you're very fascinated with is the asking of good questions or even like what makes a good question. I mean, your whole book, Personal Socrates was all about how do we become our own Socrates, if you will. And, and so there's a, a lot of questions that I have in regards to this, but <laughs> let's start off with like, maybe what, like, where did you realize that there were was this power in questions? Well, I had to, I had to live it, and and maybe maybe you know, maybe I'm going full circle. My own statement of like not doing everything possible, not hit those like big blow up life moments. Because I mean, I hit it myself, but it uh, it didn't feel good. But I, I you know I came out came out the other end uh, feeling very. Is this aligned. with the app? It, Is this yeah, with the app? Yeah. The KYO. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'll, I'll provide a bit of flavor to that. But basically, that's when I had to really live the power of questions because I had left a corporate career uh, after being a, in, in that in, in these various roles in the corporate world for about a decade and just had this this desire to create a journaling app, which was was KYO or Keo. And we did so. We reached a bunch of people doing so, um, nearly 90 million people in the first couple of years. If, if just for, for visual uh, or example, like just think kind of, you know, some of the meditation apps like Calm or Headspace, just think about that flow or, or sequence, but specifically to help people start a journaling practice, leveraging questions. And, but even at that point, you know, still Clayton at that point, I wouldn't say that I was the as tuned in to the power of questions, even though I was collecting them, interviewing people, we had an app powered by questions, essentially. It wasn't until the moment where, you know, despite reaching all those people, um, our business model wasn't working and we had to shut the app down. 
And it was in that moment when everything kind of came crashing down mentally and my own mind started to self-destruct because there was a lot of identity wrapped up in, in that product, in that business, especially having left the career that, you know, wasn't a situation where I was burnt out or not happy going into work. It was more of, I would regret not trying this, um, if I don't, you know, leave and, and, and do it. And if, if it all fails, I can always come back and come back to a similar role, which, you know, it failed financially, succeeded in many other, other ways. But the biggest challenge was that I no longer felt aligned going back to the industry that I had come from, but I had no plan or path forward now since I had just shut that company down. And that's when uh, a mentor of mine and someone I've, uh, I'm proud to say is on, on the cover of the, of, of the book, Personal Socrates with his blurb, Chip Conley, that's when he answered an email uh, where I was asking for some feedback and advice. And he just said, one thing and he said what do you want for your life and it was that moment that paused my own mind from which i knew i could feel it and i knew the signs having worked in the in the mental health space prior as well i was heading into a deep depression and it was that question that gave enough of a pause to think about well if this is what i truly want then what do those days look like you know who do i need to speak with like what's What's one step to getting closer to that? And then coming back to those reflections as soon as my mind would loop again. Because it was just, it was constant, constant battle. And it still is. I mean, I think that's, I guess, probably part of our, 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 uh, us being human and, and the fact that our, our biology isn't, is, isn't upgraded to the, to the real threats of our modern day world, right? We're, we're for the most part, not in a survival state or survival situation, even though our minds are often in that, that state. So that was the first time that was the first time that I really felt the power of a question and kind of came up with this idea. This is on the back of the book. I really, I, I believe this. I really do believe that we're all one question away from a completely different life. Um, which was that situation for me, but then also on a less grandiose you know, uh, narrative or side of things, we're one question away from a completely different mood. If we just, you know, flip in some gratitude prompts in a moment of, of, of fear or anxiety, uh, you, you, you can immediately shift. So, so yeah, so like, you know, I guess tying it all together to everything we've been speaking about, the through line for me is really, is really just this power of giving ourselves and others the opportunity to pause. And, and let our minds breathe a little bit and think and ideate and, and be curious and just, you know, kind of follow those threads instead of just being on autopilot, you know, or being on the production line and, and just not thinking. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Aquarius Mushrooms. And Aquarius Mushrooms creates what I can only describe as these fine art sculptures that are all one of a kind and these plush mushroom fabric sculptures. They're what I would describe as being like little trip buddies. They're perfect for anyone who has a room that is dedicated to spiritual adventures or anyone who is looking for a fine piece of art that is one of a kind. I think I said that, but one of a kind to enhance their psychedelic experience. I'm sober and I look at mine all the time and it just oozes out this creative and spiritual energy that I 
it's hard for me to stop looking at sometimes. And so if you are on even maybe just smoking some weed, like I can only see how this thing would open up a portal to a new world. So I highly recommend that you click the sponsors link below, scroll down where you see Aquarius mushrooms, click their website and see if any of them speak to you. Because if it does, I can only imagine how it's going to speak to you in the real world. Aquarius mushrooms, mushrooms for the new age of enlightenment. So it sounds like you kind of feel as though that's where the deepest truth lies then, or the deepest place that we can find answers is in that pause. Yeah, I think so. Because if you don't pause, it's, you just carry on, right? Like it's, it, and I, I just, I haven't found an example yet uh, where I would rather pick the autopilot, like even, even in, I mean, there's maybe mundane tasks and whatnot, but like, if you think of the big buckets and the big aspects of, of life that most of us are concerned about or, or, or put attention to our relationships, our health, like just those two alone, if you put your relationship on autopilot and you're not stopping, you're not checking in with your partner or your best friends and family, that's when stuff just starts to spiral out of control. And you're like, how did we get here? I just, I just put something up on, on social uh, the other day and I've got a newsletter coming up about it. I had a good conversation with uh, Diego Perez, a really uh, awesome writer and poet. And we were just talking about, we, we kind of went through our own journeys of when our, when our lives change and we were both married at the time and still, still are, but we were like, we, we are completely different people from the people we were five years ago. And thankfully our partners also evolved with us as well. And we had, you know, and we're like, well, what, why? Like, what? Well, cause it could have been, and I'm not saying either are good or bad. I mean, uh, in our case, you know, we wanted our marriages to, to, to remain and succeed, but it took, it took time of, of stillness and asking ourselves some questions like, what do I want? What do you want? And what do we want? Because we're, we're, we're complete, like we're going from a stable corporate paycheck where, you know, we're every month we're putting stuff aside. We're going to do this vacation this year too. I have no idea what's happening right now. I'm a full on entrepreneur and the business just blew up. And, and I know I want to stay in this space, but we'll, what's the how, or what does that path look like? I'm not sure right now. Like, are we in this together or, or not? And, and those are very different circumstances from at least when, when my wife and I met, you know, right out of university. So, you know, that's one example just on relationships that if you don't, you know, if you just kind of let the thing, you know, let these, these relationships just chart their own path or, and you don't check in, they can, they can lead to a place of, that's not actually what I want. And same thing with our health and nutrition, right? Go into a grocery store or supermarket and just don't think and walk through the aisles uh, you're toast. There's no way you're coming out of that place with a shopping cart full of healthy choices. Oh yeah. Impossible. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's just, so I guess that's why, like, you know, I've, I've just failed to find a situation when it comes to those big life buckets where autopilot thinking actually leads us to a place where, you know, we're uh, thriving. Well, so then, because this is interesting at the end there where we were kind of talking about not thinking, but there's an interesting, I guess, dilemma here, right? Because we're talking about autopilot and not thinking, but then there's also the space without thought, 
right? So those almost feel like two different things. So is there like a, would the ideal place not to be to get, make the autopilot that space without thought? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, first of all, I'm going to make sure I understand the question. Are you saying that when, if you're on on autopilot, essentially you're not thinking in that essentially that space? Like, what do you well, mean by the? So I guess the thinking the 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 phrase thinking is an interesting one, right? Because when we say that we're on autopilot and not thinking, we have a tendency to just have these random thoughts going throughout our head, right? It's almost like this uncontrolled uh monster if you will that's just spewing out like a parrot almost just spewing out the thoughts of the day worries fears complaints whatever but like the the space of no thought is almost more of being present with like the current moment so it's almost so it's interesting right like there's like this uh there's a difference here because if you're not paying attention you're not giving thought to the current situation but if you're being completely yeah. present, you're almost still without thought in that moment. Yeah, I think I think those are di- different situations. It's like I agree. It's like when you're, you know, you're you're going for the run or whatever it is, or you're in the shower, and that's like these ideas pop or these these things come up because you're essentially not trying to think about things and so forth, and you're just you're just going through, I guess, the motions of that activity. I like in those situations, I mean, well, and what's happening there obviously is that, you know, we're giving our minds enough space and and stillness to actually form those connections internally in our, in our minds to surface those ideas. I mean, that's in its simplest terms. That's what, what, what's actually happening. I guess that the difference to me though, is maybe it's, it's, it's when you're on autopilot, when it's, when you're on someone else's autopilot. I think that's probably the distinction, right? When you're on the supermarkets autopilot, which is on the autopilot of end caps and marketing, that that isn't a place where I want to not be thinking. If I'm in nature and I'm just walking through and I, you know, I just want to be present and so forth, sign me up for that all day long, right? Because I, I, I guess I trust that source. So maybe it's that. It maybe it's it's identifying the trusted autopilot sources that you want to, you know, you want to be a part of. And I just, unfortunately, we're, we're not set up to succeed or thrive in most situations outside of, you know, beautiful walks in nature, time in silence with our, with our own minds. Yeah, it's definitely a fascinating situation. And it, it has me thinking about even just the concept of making money because, you know, like you're saying, I'm people have made billions of dollars off of cereal, but you know, that positive imprint that it's leaving on the health of people is not a very good one. And it was also interesting because I kind of started breaking this down all uh, like even at a deeper level of like how many ways you can almost find fault within, uh, like certain avenues of really anything. I don't, I don't know. Have you ever seen the uh, show, the good place? Yes. On Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. So spoiler yeah. alert for anyone who's watching or hasn't seen it. So skip ahead if, <laughs> if you're going to see it. Um, but like in that show, right. The core concept was, is that 
nobody had made it to heaven in, uh, I don't know, like almost forever because of how intertwined our world has become with, you know, if I buy a, if I buy a water bottle, right, it's made from child labor in China or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so because I'm now funding child labor in China, I'm getting deducted like 50 points off of my morality score. And so I, 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 it's interesting when this kind of is coming up because I was thinking about this recently is like, it becomes this interesting conundrum of like this, like divine way to almost, and I don't want to put it just at the feet of making money. I guess making money was the way that I thought about it, but it seems like it's almost become more difficult to do something that's self-righteously beneficial to society without causing too much of a negative impact in the wake of it, if that makes sense. And I don't know, I could be overthinking it, but that was kind of like where I was at recently, like thinking about this dilemma between, you know, am I actually helping, you know, society elevate their consciousness, live a healthier life, or am I actually contributing to fear, shame, guilt, um, and all that stuff? Well, there's, yeah, I think, I think the most important thing you said in, 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 in that same, or one that stuck out for me was like the idea of, am I overthinking it? Because I think we can overthink all this, like realistically you and I knowing you and our conversation, even prior to this one, like we're doing everything possible to help as many people through our, our training and modalities and whatnot. But at the same time, yeah, like if I just look around in the, with the technology in this booth, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know the source of all of the stuff and I'm sure there's some really shady stuff going on maybe with the, with the components in this microphone and the chips in this laptop and so forth. And, you know, that, that doesn't sit well with me, but at the same time, I feel like, I think we just need to do the best we can, Yeah, you know? And, and at one point, Cause we'll just never get anywhere. And, and I don't know. I mean, I guess we're just flawed, you know, flawed humans or uh, by, by default in some capacity. And I don't know in the animal world, if it's, <laughs> if they're up against the same thought patterns in their own specific ways, I'd love to know that. Um, but we definitely as humans come, come to the table with some, some nasty stuff and some, some, some flawed characteristics or traits and whatnot, but also a ton of beauty as well. And I don't know, I think we can just, it comes back to presence for me, like everything, no matter who I've studied or the the deeper I go into any of these practices, it feels like the magic is really just getting closer and closer to just the present moment and tapping into that intuition and like being here right now, doing the best we can, of course, and, you know, knowing and acknowledging that it's not going to be perfect. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it's probably something also along the lines of like that intention that you're carrying into it, right? If, if you're saying to yourself, I'm doing the best I can with this, then it's not likely that <laughs> the consequences of your action is going to lead to child labor in, you know, China or any of these other countries, if you will. Yeah. Well, and you can take, I think, like I know my wife and I, we've done a lot of this just in our, in our home with like the products that come in and whatnot. It's again, it's not perfect, but we do, we do try to ask the questions and do a bit of research on, okay, well, I don't know. Is this, is this, is this the cleanest product? Is this being, you know, 
made in a, a sustainable way with a group of humans that seem to be doing the best they can, for example. And it's not, you know, it's, it's not always just a yet cut, you know, like a yes, no, it's probably somewhere in between. But in many cases, I'm like, well, I know that the option we have now for, I don't know, our toothpaste or our fruits and vegetables better than what it was, you know, a few years ago. And uh, could it be, could it be better than that? Of course. But, you know, we're making progress. And I think, you know, Tony Robbins says a lot this often, you know, the, the, the key or the secret to happiness is just the sense of making progress. And I, I really do feel into that. Uh, whether that's progress with ourselves personally or progress with our business or something we're working on. Um, and just, you know, even the smallest little steps of progress just makes us feel like, okay, you know, I'm, I did something, I did some good today. And uh, if I can do a little bit more tomorrow, even better. And if I can be very present while I'm doing that and, and, see the things that are coming up, see, I'm like, Oh, there's my tribe. Like those are the people that, you know, I want to be around or like, that's the idea. Then it just, I don't know. just, you, you feel better. And everyone's yeah. experienced that, right? Everyone's had some sort of version of being almost like in a flow state where time slows down and just feels like everything's going your way. And we've all experienced the opposite. And typically, you know, the, the opposite is usually linked to those those of fear emotions and the looping anxiety thoughts and comparison. It's usually the things that we've been, we've been talking about that, you know, we're trying to uh, distance ourselves from, or that, you know, the autopilot puts us on. So I guess my point with, the, with the questions is, you know, it's a, it's a way to just, again, pause and, and, and just check in with yourself to, to, to make that, to make the realization right and and perform a bit of a self audit of like okay well what's going on here and and it's not good it's not bad it's just like do i at least know what's going on do i have some data that i can work with personally mm. right are there some sort of metrics that i can measure this with yeah well just even you know it doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be complicated on a you know a spreadsheet or a tracking app or anything like that but just right now i don't feel great What's fueling that emotion? Is it, you know, is it something specific or is it uh, something, you know, that I can, I can shift immediately? Uh, I don't know, but there's usually something fueling, you know, the reason why we're not feeling great. And it could be a million different things, but if we don't stop and ask that question, we'll never know. And then all of a sudden that, that feeling of not so great becomes the default. And this is what I mean when it comes back to, then all of a sudden we, we, we don't realize when we get to this point where we're like, now I really don't feel good. But that's just, that's been Mike, like there's been micro moments leading up to this, right? It's like when your, your shoulders and your neck start to get sore. Um, you know, sometimes this is a posture thing, of course, and like, you know, where, you know, your desk set up or whatever, but often that's usually mental stress that's now physically showing up. And I, I mean, I invite everyone listening to next time that, that, I know for me, when it comes up, like, okay, I've been stressing about this one thing and it's physically manifesting now. Um, so let's let that go, you know, and then hopefully next time it doesn't get to the point where there's physical signs and I can catch it where I'm like, okay, there's that loop again. Let's, 
deal with it. It's not about pushing emotions down or anything like that, but let's, let's either release them in whatever, in whatever practice or ritual that you have that you can do so. And, and let's rechannel it and replace it with, you know, some excitement. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by the official Traveling to Consciousness app available on the iOS and Google Play Store. On this app, you're going to get exclusive content from articles to meditations to anything else that Kling is going to put out. Here's the also where you're going to find the only place to find the ad-free versions of the podcast. You're also going to be able to get the podcast at earlier dates than normal, the free release version of it. So the Traveling to Consciousness podcast app, I highly suggest that you download it because it's the only way that I suggest that you listen to it. And what's even better is that the company is always making updates. So please let me know if you personally have a recommendation and we can get that in there. So remember, download the Traveling to Consciousness app so that you can get early releases, you can get the video format, you can get it ad-free, and so much more. So do you then have some sort of daily practice that you do with regards to questions or journaling that helps you to keep you out of this place of just sitting in that habitual routine or, you know, that feeling of stagnation or some way to reflect on your progress. Cause that seems like also another big uh, topic of interest and something that I think people would it would help others. Cause I know I've seen it in my life where if I don't have like that data or the metrics showing me that things are increasing, then it's, it's kind of deflating. All right. If the numbers aren't going yeah. up, you know, of downloads or whatever, then you're like, ah, oh, shit, am I doing something wrong? But then, you know, with that being said, there's also a part of me that says, okay, even if the number of downloads went to one per month or zero per month, would you still be doing what you're doing? And there's a piece of me like, yeah, I mean, you know, I'd, I feel like I need to make a disclaimer to the guests, but, you know, for the most part, I'd be like, yeah, like I would still be doing what I'm doing. So I feel like that was a lot right there. I'm curious about that your was routine. A great, that yeah. was a great question. I mean, how how great of a check-in question is that for a journaling flow, right? Like if you just, for anyone, like right now, take a look at the the activities or the projects and even the relationships as well that are taking the most amount of your energy and and ask and you know pose the question that that you did like if if whatever metric that you're seeking if those metrics weren't there would you still be putting that time of that energy into you know x for example um and you know it's not to say that if you say no uh you have to make this massive adjustment but again at least you know and maybe when something else comes up now you know this you've you've spent the time you have that you have that data in your mind that like, okay, remember I thought about this, like maybe this, this thing that I can see now, this opportunity is a good replacement for this project that I know, you know, maybe is not fully aligned, for example. So it's just, yeah, it's, 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 it's that clarity. I mean, the, the recipe I continue to see over and over again, no matter who I'm studying is just is this idea of we first have to get clear, then intentional with the with the things that we're doing day in, day out. And and that's kind of all you have to remember because that what happens by default after is that there's an expansion of possibility. Because you start to see the path, the right people show up and so forth, and you start feeling better and better. And in order to get to that 
recipe or flow, at least what I've seen work and personally what I do is, is just prioritize my mental fitness every single day. And just to define mental fitness for everyone, for my version of, of the definition is just anything that you do to train your mind to work for you instead of against you is, is my idea of, of being mentally fit. And it's, it's the same thing as physical exercise. You know, there are a million different things that you can do to move your body and, and strengthen your muscles and so forth and ensure that you're flexible and you can move and, and all of that. Um, it's the same thing with the mind, right? There, you know, you mentioned meditation. Uh, we've journaling is definitely my staple or foundational practice. Um, but I would argue it's most people's because if you expand the, the definition of journaling to just be its reflection, because that's the actual practice behind journaling, we're all reflecting. It's just, are we reflecting with intention or not? We're all asking questions. It's just, are we asking deep questions or questions that get us below the surface or not? Right. So we all journal. I, I just, I, I, I've done everything possible to incorporate the journey, whether that's in the morning uh, to kick off the day and just kind of release what's circulating in the mind. And that might be through some free writing or in the middle of the day when, you know, feels like things are a bit stagnant or I haven't heard from someone on the emails. If I, you know, proposed a project or, or tried to pitch a guest or something and I'm starting to feel like that discouragement creep in like, well, did I, did I write the right email? Did I say something like all the, all the fictitious, you know, uh, narratives that, that, you know, many of us, uh, craft for ourselves come, come up with me as well. And then in that moment, I'll just, whatever's in front of me, whether it's digital, whether it's a notebook or, you know, uh, the back of a book, just reflect on a question like, well, what's in play right now? And, it, you know, it's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that I can look at and be like, hey, this, these are great. You know, I've got, had these meetings today that were really uh, inspiring. I'm excited for tomorrow's uh, projects and so forth. And it just, it's a, for me, it's a good way to, to shift perspective in the moment. So mm -hmm. the morning, though, is critical because the morning for me is, is the training ground of, of, having the self-awareness for the, when those moments come up in the day so that I don't just continue to plow through and stew in those emotions to just, again, pause and take a moment, literally a minute, may, maybe, maybe less than a minute to just reset the mind. Wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for, you know, the years of mental fitness that is just helping at least me become more and more self-aware. And right now, the way that shows up, and I say right now because it always evolves, um, the key, uh, in, in my opinion, is just to prioritize at least some amount of time, even if it's 10 minutes, the first thing you do when you get up, um, to, towards putting your mind in a inspired, motivated, and happy state. And now for me, that, that looks like more so of a, an hour, an hour and a half, depending on what's going on. And it's a mix of, uh, usually some breath work. Uh, and again, kind of depending on the mood, you know, maybe I'll, 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 I'll do some guided breath work that'll relax me or, or amp me up, for example. Uh, so I'll just kind of follow the intuition on that. But breath work has been a big one for me. Then I'll typically do a little bit of journaling. 
move my body for sure. Get in some physical fitness exercise, uh, spinning weights, stretching, like what, again, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is. It's, it's as long as there's something. Um, and then, and then I'll flip it and just set some intentions for the day. You know, how do I want to, how do I want to show up today? Uh, how do I feel today? Where do I feel that in my body? And that's usually stacked into as the coffee is dripping, I'll ask those questions. Mm. And there's, I kind of have a little, it's almost like a little sanctuary set up in a way right beside the coffee machine is I, I, I enjoy the mindfulness of a good quality, fresh cup of coffee in the morning. So I enjoy the smell of that and, and the, the sound of, of it, you know, for me, I do, I, uh, I do a pour over and just that whole experience of the, the beans and so forth. But I ask those check-in questions and then I always have, there's always a book leaning up against the, the wall in that area. Uh, usually something around uh, stoicism, uh, often a lot of Ryan Holiday's books. The Daily Stoic was up there for probably about 10 years. And I just read a page. And again, it's, it's always a perspective shift. No matter what's going on, at least in, in my mind, if I woke up happy or if I mo- woke up anxious, just reading that one bit of positive mental nutrition can flip, can flip your mind. So that's, that's the goal. So, you know, what happens in that time period changes. And sometimes there's, 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 instead of the breath work, I'll do some meditation or instead of the, you know, the gym workout, I'll just take a long walk or I'll put on a podcast that I know will be inspiring, or I won't put anything on and just take a a silent walk. But the key is, is just, you know, the question I guess would be like, what are five to 10 things that you can do that, you know, will put your mind in a good state? And just have that as your toolkit and and ensure that you're doing those things on a daily basis. Not all of them, but that you have, you know, at least one of those things built into your routine. And then even best yet, when when you know, you know, kind of shit hits the fan in the day or something throws you off, you can default to that list. You're like, hey, I just mm-hmm. need to do this thing instead of letting your mind take over. And then your whole, you know, your whole day or days are hijacked because of that emotional state. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Mushy Love. Mushy Love is a latte type blendable mushroom caffeine free elixir that honestly tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll. And I know that you're going to find that on their website, but it's honestly true. It's stacked with more than twice the amount of mushrooms as any other mushroom latte. And I know that there's one in particular that we all think about, which kind of starts with the word mud, but this one blows that one out of the water. I highly, highly recommend if you even try that one to just give this one a shot. And I promise you that you will not, you will not be sorry because I just, uh, it's so good. It's honestly so good. And I want to get to a place where I can actually just, they send me these all the time for free. So please go and buy it because if you buy more then they'll start sending me more and it's just honestly a win-win because it tastes amazing like even in water so even if you're cutting even if you don't want to like put milk in or coffee with it you can just do it plain in water and it's so freaking good guys go click the sponsors link below scroll down to mushy love buy your pack today remember promo code clayton promo code i can't even talk right now promo code clayton at checkout for 10 percent off your purchase mushy love mushrooms shouldn't have to taste like mud give yourself some mushy love yeah i know i have certainly been doing a lot more stuff like that with uh 
having like that list of things that can get you into that different state, such as like jumping up and down, celebrating mm-hmm. small victories, jumping in a cold shower, singing, dancing. And it feels kind of weird, huge, right? Yeah. But it feels kind of weird too. Cause you're not really used to doing it. And then you're right. Because you're like physically changing the energy within your body. Like you're, you're consciously changing the energy within your body as opposed to leaving it up to almost the universe, if you will, for that, for the universe to change it. And so it, it's kind of interesting. Like it feels kind of weird, but at the same time you can tell what you're doing is somewhat beneficial for the outcome of your day or even the task you're about to try to jump into. Yeah. Well, it's it. I don't know. I mean, for me, it, there's, there, there isn't a more kind of beautiful state or feeling at least for me to start the day off on my own terms. Mm. And, you know, sometimes that hour and a half, uh, I've got two young kids and, and they don't, they don't always sleep super well, which they're not going to just sit and wait for you. (laughs) Yeah. So that could completely rock that routine. But on those mornings, maybe I'll do, I'll do something and I'll do, and this happened recently. Um, I did five minutes of guided breath work and just that five minutes put me in a state of feeling like, okay, I'm starting the day on my own terms now versus I, if I hadn't done that, I, cause I, it, this has happened before where I just, I'm like, okay, no, I'm already behind. I'm, I'm going to, you know, start the day. And, and that's the key word you feel behind all day. And that affects everything. It can affect your sleep, right? And you can go to bed feeling anxious or, you know, you didn't check everything off the to-do list and, and so forth. And, and again, it just keeps coming back to this idea of like, not thinking and just kind of plowing through and autopilot the day and get this done, get that done. And then I need to go to sleep. And next thing you know, it just, it's just this pressure that builds up into your, in your mind and your body. And that has to release at some point. So I think that's the key is just find the things that work for you and, you know, full circle to how we started the conversation, just be open and experiment, you know, like coming back to your, your triangle, like, you know, be open to all these different things. Like, what is the it's worst case thing? It's a pyramid. Yeah, please. pyramid. Get it right. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> sorry. The, the 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 pyramid. Yeah. Like, you know, just just the intention that you're setting by having that set up is beneficial. Not to yeah. mention, like, whatever energetic properties are are going on. Well, that's also the the fascinating thing I think that usually occurs, and even with this, the pyramid. You know, it's a uh, it it's always like you know what i think my brother asked me this because i showed him a picture of it and he's very analytically minded and he was like okay so like how do you know it's not just your mind that's making yourself feel better when you're in it and i'm like hey it's completely possible it's 100 percent mental um but you know I, I guess it comes back to that aspect of like if you believe something to be real then it becomes real and where does that line kind of exist and i guess it comes back to just trying it right you know yeah watch watch the like in especially from an energetic state go watch the news for an hour and don't take your eyes off the television like you will feel fear shame guilt blah 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 blah. and then go dance sing you know run around do that for 30 minutes and you tell me how you feel differently right it's like totally. oh well i could just i could just think my way into that or i could just think my way out of that and again there's probably some truth to that right like if you're watching the news you could see it from a higher level perspective and just see the fear and find the fear funny 
but there's still that interaction of the mind with the physical world that makes the thing the thing if you will yeah well just run your own experiment i mean uh, that's yeah. what i say to, to anyone that you know questions really any of this stuff well i'm not here to 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 push any agenda or, or narrative other than the fact that i think we all deserve to feel as good as possible and that we all deserve a healthy mind and definitely more days than not and statistically speaking that's not happening across the world at least in north america right now so you know that's that's my message but if if journaling is not for you or if sitting under uh, a pyramid is not for you <laughs> then try your thing and test it and to your point like just be super practical i mean you might be above the the fear of the news but are you you know did you check in after and did you try that for five days and 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 then you know journal on like what are the dominant emotions right now did you track the day and see okay well what actually played out I'm willing to bet, I'm willing to put money on if you did that, that you would see some pretty scary patterns emerging and unwanted patterns with behavior and outcomes and so forth just from watching the news like that. And 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 even coming into it thinking that, all right, I'm just I'm just trying to get the headlines, which is even worse, but I'm just trying to understand what might be going on in the world. There's really nothing you can say about the news that's good. So I'm trying, <laughs> trying to reframe it, but it's it's not there's nothing really that great about it. Uh to your point, versus, you know, doing things that, you know, uh put a smile on your face and and so forth. Even visualization. I mean, like we accept that, you know, with athletes. I've interviewed so many different athletes that are able to make themselves sweat visualizing you know, their race. I mean, there's power in it. Like, just try it. Yeah. I know there's even studies that have been done in, you know, scientific studies where people would just even mentally, mentally think about lifting weights versus like a control. And they were showing that even just thinking about lifting weights can show an increase in muscle mass just by you mentally saying to yourself, okay, I'm lifting this weight. I feel out of my biceps. Okay. Now I'm kind of doing rows with my back and even not even moving the yeah. physical body, but just by thinking about it, you're affecting matter. You're affecting the mass of your body, which is absolutely astonishing in its own rights, in my opinion. And totally. I think they also even showed it with like piano players, like people who had never played the piano before. And then they just like showed them a video of someone playing the piano and then had people mentally rehearse it. And they were actually like, I don't know how exactly they did that one or tested it, but they showed an increase in people's ability to play an instrument through just mental rehearsal on its own rights. It's fascinating, right? I mean, yeah. and and again, it's like test this stuff out in, in a way that makes sense for you. Like if I'm, if I'm going to work with a team uh, and, and train them on, on different mental fitness practices or give a keynote or anything like that, uh, I'll, I'll close my eyes and set the intention of how, like, how do I want the people on the other side to feel after this experience? And mm -hmm. I still have not been proven wrong of getting to the end and like, oh, well, there it is. Like, and, cause I feel it too. Right. So it's just prove it to yourself and, and coming back to the idea of like, what's, what's the worst that can happen? You know, what I, I set a positive intention for the audience. <laughs> I'll take that bet. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Dude, let's, uh, but, um, I don't know why my mind's pulling us back to it, but the Socratic method, because you mentioned it briefly in your book, 
Your book's called Personal Socrates. You brought up Ryan Halliday with The Daily Stoic. I've been reading a couple of his books, which is really great. The uh, one I'm reading right now, well, we'll come back to it. But I found that interesting because you were kind of talking about how you kind of stumbled into the Socratic method. And I, I, I wanted to hear you kind of break it down. Like, so is what is the Socratic method? Is it just asking questions about our lives? Is it something a little bit deeper than that? What's what's the Socratic method? How does it tie into stoicism? Is it different? Like sure. what, what's going on with all that? Yeah, I did fall into all of that a little bit by accident. It wasn't, there wasn't the intention to have a book uh, titled Personal Socrates and grounded in any kind of philosophy or a Socratic method. It, it interestingly enough, seems like I was doing that naturally. And then it kind of materialized as, oh, well, yeah, I am actually following uh, the Socratic method and have noticed in terms of the way I was studying uh, the reflective questions that people were asking themselves across business and, and their personal life, that there was the Socratic method in there as well, which in its simplest or most general terms is really just asking a big question and following that up with with sub questions to get closer and closer to the core uh answer you're seeking and what would an example of that be who am i is probably the 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 biggest the biggest one you can ask and you know who am i well yeah well it can be and it, it or it doesn't have to be it can be because it's big and it's scary if we if we label it with that kind of judgment Versus it could be, and I've, I'm guilty of doing that myself, but now I would say, well, who am I is, is, is who I am in, in this moment. And okay, well, if, 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 if that is true, then like, what are the dominant characteristics that, that I think make up, you know, Mark Champagne in this moment. And there's definitely some fundamentals that will continue to, to play forward, you know, like being curious and, you know, um, showing up with energy and so forth. But then, you, you know, you start, well, what does that mean then? Like, what does it mean to be curious? You know, um, how do I feel when I show up with energy? How do I want other people to feel with that? So it's just, it's just breaking it down further and further. And, and, and you know, and it originated with Socrates and most people know of Socrates in some general capacity, as a philosopher and and the guy that asked a lot of questions kind of thing that was my background um but when i started to really look into the socratic method that's when my own curiosity really sparked because i was like well here here's this method that primarily is used in academic setting or originated in 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 an academic setting where he would ask his students big questions um and then they would reply and then he would ask more and more questions and so forth. And it was kind of more of a painful experience, uh, you know, uh, but it, it I, I think the core of the practice is, is designed to stimulate thought and get you closer and closer to, again, uncovering, okay, what is, what is it at the core that you're trying to figure out, right? Like a who am I question really at the core of it, I think is, you can you can identify those characteristics of what makes you you but it's probably all for the purpose of showing up and feeling good and feeling uh you know proud of the life that you're living or feeling like you're making progress or feeling happy like that's to, to me the core of it of of where we're trying to get with a who am i question like 
what is it? You know, what is it that would make me smile more days than not, for example? So anyway, as I, I, I continue down the path of Socrates and just notice that it's very much grounded in academics, it kind of has a little bit of a bad rap in terms of being aggressive with questioning. And, you know, uh, my best friend's a lawyer, so he went to law school and, and definitely was trained up on this method as well. And I remember those years. I'm like, can you just stop with the questions? Like, can we just get to <laughs> the conversation here or an answer? Um, and that kind of is like the default, you, you know, perception of, of this, this practice. But, you know, kind of like what I mentioned earlier, like we're all asking series of, of, of questions. It's just we're not typically doing it with uh, a lot of intention. So I started to think, well, here's a method that has literally stood the test of time because we all know something about it. And it's literally, you know. Uh, hundreds, uh, actually over a thousand, I think, years old. And so that's something there. How can, how can I just modernize it so that we don't, you know, have to get too caught up in the weeds of like, is what kind of question is this? Is this an intentional or is this a probing assumptions question? Because there's scholars that have tons of papers on all the different question types that, that, you know, make up the Socratic method, who's ever going to remember or operate in that, you know, in, in that realm? Like, it's just not feasible. And that's, and that's, that's how the structure of the book came to be. And, and I've already kind of hit alluded to it. It's just questions to first help us get clear, you know, forget the, who am I question? Like the, the, the question that anyone running a business or working for a business or working on a brand, you ask these ones all the time, where are we at with the brand and where do we want to be at the end of the year? whether that's financial, whether that's, you know, customers, uh, brand perception, it's the same questions. Who am I? Who am I striving to become? Where are we at? Where do we want to be? Right? Same, same thing. So it's trying to, you know, think of the way, the easiest way to actually inject this into our regular, you know, life and, and professional life. And, and that so far has, has, has shaped up in questions to get clear, then questions to, uh, probe our, you know, in, intentionality and focus. Like now that we know we're trying to go to this, this location, well, what needs to adjust, you know, what habits do I need to shift, break, start, um, what systems need to be in play to actually get me closer that de to that destination. And this is where the, those check-ins come in and just realizing, okay, well, what I'm doing today is not really in service of, of the people that I'm trying to serve or the business I'm trying to build and so forth. And then that third thing, again, just happens by default, that expansion of possibility and opportunity, because if you're clear and intentional, you just by default start blowing out all the noise and you start seeing through like, okay, there's that, you know, there's that looping narrative or there's that, that relationship that I'm probably going to lose energy in an interaction with that person versus gain energy. So maybe I'm not going to book some time with them today because I'm, I'm focused on what I'm doing. And then that's when like stuff just starts to happen. It's all there. It's, it's always been there. It's just now you can see it, right? It's like taking, it's like taking your mind and organizing it, it like a beautiful library. You know, our, our minds are full of amazing knowledge and information. But if, it, if it's, if you're in the library and just like push all the bookshelves over and there's just stuff all over the place, 
it just makes it really hard to tr- retrieve that information or, or make the connections versus this kind of like mental fitness and following prompts like like what I'm mentioning. It's just a way to organize the mind. And then when stuff comes up, it's like, there it is. Got it. Okay, I'm going to use this. Or if there's that emotion again, I've got this bag of tricks that I can use here to rechannel that, right? So that's um, that's how it all came to be. And I, I mean, I have to give credit to my publisher and the, the founder of the company, Joey Cafone, because as I was explaining some of this with less detail, of course, I hadn't <laughs> really looked into Socrates uh, much more than my general uh, idea, notion of, of who he was and, and whatnot. But he immediately, Joey said, oh, well, that's the Socratic method. And then, you know, then I went down the rabbit hole. I'm like, yeah, it, it, it actually is. And this is exactly what's surfacing in all these interviews. Um, and then I think the next call we were, we were speaking about a little bit more. He's like, you should really call, like the book should really be titled Personal Socrates. And still at that point, I was like, absolutely not. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a philosopher. I don't, like that doesn't resonate. But I, again, like the more I dove in, I'm like, well, there's something here with that because again, we're all asking these questions. And the biggest thing I want to leave with people is that we can, we can be our own, you know, coach in a way for our our minds. We can have our own kind of personal Socrates sitting on our shoulder in a way that's productive and helpful for our own minds. And, you know, it doesn't require, um, Although these are helpful, but it doesn't require a 30 day silent retreat, you know, to do this work. Um, you can do it literally with one question, you know, at any moment. This episode of Traveling to Consciousness is brought to you by Conscious Technologies LLC. Talk about an aligned company name. This company creating technology that will revolutionize the way that humanity is able to resonate or vibrate with the electromagnetic frequency of your phone, of your Wi-Fi router, of the light bulbs in your house, of really anything. What they do is they have created these amazing minerals, amazing units that you can either place on the back of your phone, you can wear it as a necklace, or they even have like little in-house generators, if you will, that can unify the entire field of an entire house. I've experienced these things in person and I unequivocally can tell you that it does something and it helps you feel more present, more calm, and more connected to the spiritual dimension, if you will. And I highly recommend that you also check out episode number 034, where I actually talked to one of the co-founders and it blew my mind away. One of my favorite episodes where we actually get into how he creates it, why it's created. And, you know, if this wasn't enough of a sell for you, go check out that episode because I know that it will sell you after that. Conscious Technologies, LLC, harmonizing the planet one person at a time. And that's an interesting point you kind of bring up there at the end, which is like the idea of a coach and becoming our own coach. Or, you know, I'm looking at this now in the lens of... uh kind of hinduism and i brought this up a couple times because i'm like reading some books about it and they talk about like having a guru and the point of a guru is to have someone who shows you the direction that you're trying to go right it's the same thing with like a coach you know learn from the people who are who are where you want to be and take their advice Mm -hmm. because if they're on the path they walk the path take their advice you go down the path further how like where do you kind of see that balance in terms with what we're talking about here, because kind of like what you're laying out, we're able to 
find a way using the Socratic method to be our own coach. We can, in the spirituality community, we can get signs from the universe. And it's always been this interesting dance of like, do you need a coach or can you kind of just live off of your intuition and let the divine force within you kind of guide you? So I, I don't know in your experience, yeah. where do you feel like that kind of either balance or just where do you dive into a coach or just live off the intuition? Well, I, I mean, I, I definitely live or I guess my grounding philosophy or belief system and principles do, do follow uh, off what you're saying is just living off the intuition. And, and I do everything possible, whether it's journaling or breath work or any of these, these practices to help refine that intuition and let that intuition come out. But then when the, where the balance comes in is what, what, at least for me, what happens is that the intuition surfaces insights and clarity. And then it, then it becomes, okay, well, there's a very specific situation now that I may need some knowledge uh, about or some help that is, is very clear because of my own personal Socrates, but now I go to seek someone that's an expert. Uh, and that, that could show up in different ways. That could be, you know, I'll spend a week uh, on a topic listening to different podcasts uh, of, of all, you know, all types of people talking about a, a specific situation or, or topic where I'm trying to learn more about or obviously, you know, buy some books or, you know, go straight to, you know, actual coaches and, and so forth and mentors and ask those questions uh, to get clearer and clearer and get some guidance from, from people to your point that, uh, you know, have have the wisdom and, and have come before us and done this. And, and that that is woven. We've we've it's like we've for, we've forgotten about a lot of that because that's woven into our culture. I mean, we we've evolved from you know the wisdom of our of our elders, and we don't spend that much time uh, nowadays, at least in in North American culture, um, learning and asking the questions and asking about the stories and asking about the like life insights and 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 lessons that you know, our, our elders have gone through and so forth. And, and, you know, I think this is a way uh, to seek that knowledge out. Mm. It's a kind of just like look internally. And this also feels like something that kind of even ties back to kind of the, the, the meta steps that you've been laying out and you break your book down into this as well, where it's like the get clear, live intentionally, expand possibilities. So where I'm really interested in kind of breaking apart each, all three of those things, right? Because I think, especially if we start from the the ending where it says expand possibilities, to me, and in the day and age we're living, it reminds me kind of like the quantum field and quantum healing and quantum manifestation and quantum jumping and all that quantum <laughs> stuff. Because it seems like that world, that area of existence that we're starting to walk into as humans it seems like that's where infinite lies, right? Is in this, this space of expanded possibilities, as you stated. And I mean, I'm kind of paraphrasing based on my perception of it, but that's kind of like where this quantum field lies. So you almost are right. You're kind of, you're kind of the way I'm viewing it and whether this is intentional or not, y'all get your voice on it, but it seems like it's the end goal is accessing expanded possibilities, which would be, accessing the the quantum or infinite field 
Um, I guess you could also see that as God in some ways, but maybe that's a little bit too religious. <laughs> but walking, walking backwards, right? It's like, to get to the expanded possibilities, we need to live intentionally. But if we're going to live intentionally, we need to get clear on our life and what we desire. So I'm not really sure what the question here is. The question here might be is like, where do you see the majority of people lie within this paradigm? Or are we always kind of traversing this paradigm? Are there certain parts of our being that are in certain areas of this paradigm? Like maybe my finances are still in the get clear, whereas with my relationships, they're already in the expanded possibilities. How do you kind of see this this uh, three-part initiation mm -hmm. series, if you will, um, as a, as it being laid onto a, a person's life. I mean, everyone's of course at different phases and, and it really depends on the amount of work that you've, you've already done, uh, to kind of place yourself kind of where you're at. But I think you can, you can use, you can use that formula in really anything that you're doing in anything in your life. Like even, even writing the book, when I went against the formula, and I'll give the you know the example of, of what that looked like, it was painful. So, for example, it would be I remember when I was um, when I was writing Robin Williams' chapter. That one was really challenging, and I just I had a general idea of kind of what I wanted to cover with him and and the angle to cover, and I just started writing. And then eventually it stopped and I, I was stuck and I stopped and I just let it sit and I came back and it was painful and I couldn't really get forward. And then I eventually realized, well, I'm not even, I'm not following my own advice in the process because I've skipped right to part three of like expanded possibility, which essentially is, you know, thinking clearly and be like getting right to the outcome in a way. And I didn't spend enough time on the outline. And in, in order to have a good outline, I needed to spend more time on the inputs and getting clear on who Robin Williams was, uh, Robin Williams was, and having enough, like getting to the point, the whole book is written like this, getting to the point where intuitively I felt like, all right, I know enough that I can see the themes that I really want to cover here. And I might have to go back and go a little bit deeper on certain things, but now I feel like I've read enough, I've watched enough interviews, and I'm at that point. Now I'm going to put together an outline. I'm going to look at that. Is it structured in a way that I feel like I can take this and just go? And that's following the process. And what I see most often is that for the most part, many of us want to get to that outcome by skipping the first two steps. And it's, you know, in a business setting, what, what normally comes up is like, I want to, I want to come up with the best innovation, the best ideas. I really want, you know, I want to look at this and, and even your life. I want to look at this from a lens of, of possibility, for example, but then you get there and how can you, how can you possibly see from that lens if your mind is full of all of these circulating emotions and narratives and stresses either personally and professionally all of this stuff it's nearly impossible for us to be asking the right questions it, it's it's just it's not you know you can do it 
but the chances of getting to a really clear like ah uh, there it is like that's the path uh is nearly impossible so that's why you know for me and, and and a lot of this is coming from like you know my my corporate experience uh for the most part i was a, pr- a brand and product strategist and even when I work with people one-to-one on the mental fitness side, I, I don't consider myself a coach. I don't consider myself, I'm not a therapist. I consider myself a strategist. And it's really about getting clear on just like you would a brand, like what's the vision that you're setting for yourself? And what's the, like, how do you want your mind to feel by the end of this year? And then let's take a look at the the big pillars of your life and your work that support that. And then layer in the practices underneath those just to, you know, make sure that you're putting the energy and the attention and that's the, that's the focus, that's the intentionality. And then when that whole system is starting to flow properly, that's when stuff starts to surface, right? And that's when you can get to like some of the, the profiles in that section are, you know, from, from big visionaries, like someone like uh, uh, philanthropist and, and, and entrepreneur Naveen Jain, where, you know, he, you know, he's got a, a, a space company, a health company. He's trying to make chronic disease uh, a choice instead of something that, you know, everyone's suffering with uh, as it is today. But to ask those questions and challenge the whole system. And and then, of course, the you know, the challenges of, of, of going to space and so forth. You know, you have to think from, an, from a lens of imagine if this was possible. And when you answer those questions, when you're, when you've done the work and your mind is clear enough, then you start from a place of possibility instead of a place of lack. And most of the time, and I think many listening could, can resonate with this based on what kind of, any kind of work that you're doing. When you come up, when people bring up new ideas, you know, usually the next, the next line or the next narrative is something around, well, you know, who's going to work on that? We don't have enough budget to, to cover this. We don't. And, and, and many of those things might be true, but don't start from that place. Like start from right. full on possibility. Then we can narrow it down and make it a little bit more realistic. But what happens when you when you start from the re- reverse perspective, you miss a whole bunch of different avenues and paths. And that's that's the point with the the structure of the book. Like you can apply that in any way right? Like just get clear, intentional, and then the magic happens. Well, so then it, based on that answer, it sounds like it's almost a circular loop where, and maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but if you're looking at the, what my mind is saying is infinite possibilities, but what you would write would be expanded possibilities would be that notion of, well, what if, there is no more disease. What if we lived on Mars? What if, you know, what if X, what if everything went right? Yeah. What if everything went right? Right. So wouldn't that be the expanded possibility? And then, or, or is that still in the get clear section or does that lead you to the get clear section? How does, what's like that inner connectivity there? Well, the inner connectivity is more so like anyone can ask, uh, pose a question, what if everything went right? And actually encourage people when your mind is looping and you're, you're in a stuck place, like that's a great question to journal on that can flip your perspective. Um, but my, where I'm going with this is that to get the best results and the clearest answers from answering a question like that, you're better off spending time 
clearing out your mind and getting clear with yourself and your intention of like where you are and where you where you want to be like even what if everything right well what is everything went right for you if it's not if it's not linked to kind of where you're heading then it, it's you're kind of rudderless right so it's like set the direction first and and it's the context to now this is how I'm going to answer this question. What if everything went right? It's it's naturally you don't even have to think about it. It's gonna you're gonna default to answers that will support that direction. But without the direction, then it's an interesting exercise. It'll definitely be beneficial, but it's not as powerful. Mm, so you kind of need to have that north star, if you will, in place before asking the question. What if everything went right? Like you need to already yeah. have the intention of starting a business to be a, I don't know, a publisher, if you will, and then say, okay, well, what if everything went right for me to be a publisher? And then you follow that pattern, at which point now you live intentionally to, to try to enact that pattern, if you will. Is that kind yeah. of how you see it? Yeah, because you spot it, you spot, you start seeing because since you've set the intention and you're clear on your direction and then when stuff comes up, you can spot the distractions versus the, the actual, uh, you know, door openers to getting you closer to whatever you're, you're, you're trying to do in, in life and your work versus before it might've been, oh, that's really interesting. Very shiny kind of fancy, you know, opportunity, like let's go with it. And there, there's something to be said to just explore and, and experiment. I'm not saying not to, you know, to do that. I'm just saying, typically, the, at least the people that I've studied, and I've seen it myself as well, personally, when we're when we're clear, and we have a very specific objective in mind for a our life, uh, and how we want to show up in the person that we want to be, then you start being presented with the avenues. And, and that's where I think like a lot of, you know, when you're meant to mention like quantum physics and stuff like that and, all, you know, energetics and, and all like, that's when you see this stuff, it's all, it's always there. It's just now you're, 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 you spent the time blowing out all of the roadblocks along the way. And like, you, it, you know, you're no longer like trying to peek around the corner. It's right there. I'm like, okay, I need mm -hmm. to go. And I've, I've seen this show up as making decisions with, you know, people to collaborate with or to partner with, or, um, even the book, you know, the, the book and, and cause I was at the point, um, you know, where I was looking around, like, how, how am I going to publish this? Like, what's going to be the route? And, you know, I just, I got real clear on kind of the impact and the type of people that I wanted to work with. And then when Baron Fink came around, uh, it was, I, he, I didn't even have, he didn't even have to finish the question. I was like, yes, we're, we're doing this together because it's, it's the right partner. And I don't think I could have answered a question like that five years prior, having not put in uh, a significant amount of work with these practices. You know, I had, I've been doing them for probably a, a decade, but I would say five, I said five years, it's been seven, it's, uh, seven years, <laughs> time flies. It's the last seven years since leaving the corporate world and really diving into this. Um, like I said, with, you know, coming back to that example with Diego Perez or young Pueblo, um, his pen name, just different people, you know, and, and, uh, it's, I see it as, it's exciting because it's, it's, it's fun to be able to play with these practices and these, and these prompts and, and dream and, and, you know, expand 
uh, my own thinking and, and and like get excited for the uncertainty instead of being fearful of it. Yeah, it seems like you're, how do I want to articulate this? It seems like you're even able to, by going through this method, you're able to avoid self-sabotage in a way because you've already mapped out the type of people you need to work with, who you need to get in contact with, who, like what events need to occur and what opportunities you need to say yes to whenever they arrive. And thus by knowing that in advance, once those opportunities come up, it then becomes like a, like a fuck. Yes. Like this is it. This is the opportunity. This is the person as opposed to, uh, maybe it's this person. Uh, maybe like, I don't really know. Let me listen to my intuition. It, uh, kind of sort of, because now you've already mapped it out. And then once they just arrive, it just becomes like a yes, as opposed to you need to sit there and think about it. Totally. The, the, the most, the biggest example I can use that's recent for me is, is, is this one. I, I, when, when, when I was starting to prepare the, like the marketing and the PR and whatnot for the book, at one point we recorded a, uh, a book trailer, like a, basically like a movie trailer, essentially. And I remember I went into, into the city in Toronto and had prepared for it and loved the whole process. And then we filmed it. And I remember coming out, my wife was there with me as well. And and I, I remember looking at her, I'm like, this was so much fun. The whole process of filming this trailer, like I've never done something like that. It was, you know, it was in, in a studio, like camera on these rails. And I'm like, this is so fascinating. And like about something I'm really passionate about. And I remember, you know, in that moment thinking, I'd love to do more of this in, in at one point in some capacity, but I have no idea. Like how, like, how is that ever going to materialize? So the, the book launches and we're about a year into it. And I started thinking about the next book and, you know, I wanted to write something similar, similar format, but just different category of, of, of people being covered. And I landed on musicians. So I just, I really think, again, we, we all have those songs that can instantly move us. And I think there's a lot more to unpack with, with the minds of musicians from a mental fitness standpoint. So I wrote a, a, I took personal, the, the book summary of personal Socrates kind of hit delete and just wrote a mock book back summary, including quotes from magazines and stuff like that. The whole thing of what the next book's going to be. And I shared that with my wife. I shared that with about five or six other people. 100% of them said, uh, interesting book, but I think it'd be even better film series. And Hmm. right there, I was like, isn't that interesting? You know, it's been over a year since that thought or that feeling of recording the trailer, but this is it. And as we speak, um, I I can only share a certain amount, but I'm in full on discussions with uh, a film studio to actually bring a TV series or a film series to light on this topic, uh, purely on the second book concept. So this is what I mean by getting, you know, but just like that clarity of thought when that came up, you know, there was a feeling there and it, it, in, you know, it imprinted in my mind versus had, you know, had I ignored the feedback from people and said, no, I really want to write the book. Like, I really want to write that second book. I'm not sure what you're talking about. It was that connection point that gave me the pause to say, well, this is it. This is obviously a sign. 
And I don't think you can do that when your mind is so full and chasing, you know, any opportunity that, that comes through to get this workout. Cause that also feels like, you know, like I said, I really want to get this stuff out there for people, uh, make it accessible, but with intention. And that, right. and that's, that's the example of, of that formula most recently playing out. And we'll see, we'll see where this whole film thing goes. I mean, it's a really interesting space. So you can go sideways about a hundred thousand times, uh, you know, within a day, but so far, you know, it's going, you know, it's progressing and that's all I can, I can ask. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I definitely have questions about that and maybe we'll save that for once it starts getting into play. And cause I don't, I don't know what's inbounds. We've briefly talked about this, I believe in our meet and greet. So I'll try to leave it. We'll, we'll move the conversation past it and then once it gets uh made we'll have you back on to talk about it yeah i love that thank you um but kind of winding it back right was the get i guess in regards to this um maybe we'll try to make it more meta so you've seen this i guess then play out in multiple different ways throughout your life where it was like this get clear live intentionally and then almost divine intervention like is that kind of the way that you've seen this just happen time and time again in your life well divine intervention are super practical like uh let's use health um you set a health goal whether that's uh how you want to feel weight uh maybe you're working uh uh to 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 get rid of us so here's an example for for me personally i was on for the longest time perfect example of being on autopilot I was on uh, these heartburn pills, PPIs, for like a decade. And it started in university from probably a, just an un, not even, I, w- I wouldn't even say I was, uh, I wasn't super overweight or anything like that, but just not now, now that I know, like just not a good diet, you know, um, and not necessarily a whole bunch of spicy or fatty foods, but just not good quality food. And this went on for a decade. I moved several times, different cities, which meant changing family practitioners, family medicine docs. No one ever just refill the prescription, refill the prescription to the point where finally, uh, as I was on my own journey, I'm like, this can't be good. Like, and uh, on any kind of long-term medication, and I'm pretty young, like, I don't want to be on this for the rest of my life. Um, what do I like get clear on like, what do I want? I want off of these meds and then Socratic method. Well, what do I need to, who do I need to speak with to educate myself to get off of these? It's not going to be from the traditional medical system, unfortunately, because that's, what's kind of put me in this position. And next thing, you know, uh, coming back to the example of those physicians I was working with, I was working with them from a, from a. Uh, professional standpoint, but then they started to help me saying, Hey, we're going to put a personal plan for you to get off of these meds. So the, the, the intention was very clear. I want off of these. I want to feel good. And I want, you know, I want to have ownership of, of my health in a way, because really, you know, if I really think about it, I was being lazy and, and taking a quick fix on something, right. Which unfortunately is a huge thing with, with most of the you know, chronic illness that's out there. There's always another option. So in this case, uh, did that and then got real intentional with tracking 
the the foods and going you know on and off different elimination diets and gluten and dairy and playing around with just different you know uh foods and so forth to see what was happening uh i was on a continuous glucose monitor that was so eye eye opening to just see even my wife's incredibly healthy homemade granola i might as well have a mars bar after eating that you know in terms of the glucose spike that that happens right. so it's just getting clear and, and like okay now i've got data to work with i have an idea what's happening there was a whole bunch of factors and then eventually uh i was put on uh i think it was about two or three weeks of a pretty intense supplementation protocol while weaning off of those meds uh that those two weeks were were weren't weren't the greatest those were those were tough but it's been three years now i haven't had one of those pills uh completely off and including including any over-the-counter like tum stuff none of it I've, i've had no problems so it's just like that's again and that that the outcome of that to me is an expansion of possibility it's just a different you know, phrasing of it, like, because now, like, I feel a hell of a lot healthier. I feel like I know a lot more about my body and what, you know, I personally need from uh, the combination of of foods and uh, what, you know, what puts my my body into an inflammatory state and so forth. Like, I have so much more uh, information there. And, you know, I'm not done, of course, we're always evolving. But that's one example of that formula, again, playing out um, versus just randomly trying a whole bunch of different things with well what like what is is the objective to come off off these pills is the objective to reduce them is it is it something else right so just getting really clear and uh you know kind of divine you know intervention like those i didn't seek out those docs for my personal benefit we started working together i was their mental fitness strategist for their their health offering and it was around the same time that I wanted to, I set that intention. I'm like, I really, I really want to get off these meds. And then next thing you know, one of those physicians saying, well, I'll, I'll help you do it to the point where, you know, we stopped working together. Our, our projects ended and, and he's like, I, I made that commitment. I'm going to stick around with you for the next, you know, six months and, and we're going to get you off this stuff. And we're, you know, we're just texting him today. We're, we're, we're great friends still. So that's the stuff, right? Like, someone placed those people in, 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 in my, in my view and thank, because of the, 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 the steps and the mental fitness, I was able to, to see like, all right, let's do this. Like, this is exactly what I need. It's really cool. And my mind's kind of going to this from a manifestation or spirituality perspective where it seems like a lot of people, at least I'm maybe projecting where I used to be and maybe I'm still there a little bit. It feels like where it's like, okay, you have this goal and maybe you get clear on it, which would be part one of your whole thing is like click clear on that outcome, you know, visualize it, feel it in your body. But then the next step, and this feels like where maybe I'm coming up short and maybe other people are as well, if they're listening to this, where it becomes that live intentionally piece. And it seems as though, in the way that you're articulating this, it's almost that you need to break down that big goal for yourself, right? It's that might be the work quote unquote, that needs to be done of, okay, if 
um, I'm thinking about myself right here. If I want to grow my podcast, like what needs to be done? Okay. You got to consistently update and upload podcasts. You got to have interesting conversations. You need to create things that are shared or shareable and then even do visualization on all those little mini things as well. Don't just yeah. sit and look at that big picture and visualize that. It's like, okay, now break this down. Okay. 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 You got the big goal. Now break down the big goal into little goals, visualize those little goals getting executed and then even break down those if you need to do that. And it's and a quote that's kind of coming to me is that people want to help those who help themselves. And so it seems to me as though that's when, you know, let's say the universe, God, divine intervention, the hand of uh, source, whatever it is, that's whenever it comes in and does its part. It says, OK, you have this goal. I see you're visualizing it. I see you've broken down all those steps. You're executing on those steps. You're uploading that podcast weekly. You're finding more aligned guests. You're finding share, you know, you're doing the process, all the steps. And then that's whenever it comes in and says, okay, here's the next piece of your puzzle. Okay. Here's, here's Mark. Let's talk to Mark. Here's him showing you that you need to take this big goal and maybe break it down a little bit more and then focus on those intermediate steps. And then over time, you can look back on it and see the way that that big goal was kind of broken down and you almost, I, I guess you almost leave space for that, for that last element to kind of come in. Does that sound like a fair yeah, assessment? Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's what I mean. It happens that that last space or component happens by default by putting in that intentional work. But the thing is, I think there's a couple elements. There's, there are, there are the puzzle pieces and like, you know, maybe our conversation is, is one of those things, but then there's also the other, you know, things to, to visualize as well when, cause you know, this will happen when you're trying things and it's not working or you get hit with a, you know, big roadblock, what seems like a roadblock at the time. Right. And even, you know, visualizing those moments and putting yourself in that moment of, <clears throat> all right. I'm really clear. I'm visualizing like the outcome or the, at least what I think the outcome is the, the current desired outcome. Cause the other th really fun thing is that, and you can test this. Uh, everyone has these situations. If you look at big projects or things that you're really proud of, you, you can reflect back and be like, I actually didn't plan for that. You know, it, it came from something right? Like my whole film thing came from the idea of uh, a second book, but I definitely did not plan to be in full on conversations with a film studio in LA right now. Not at all. Right. But it, it, it started with that path. But then, so if you visualize though, cause you know, you're going to get thrown with those, those moments where you're thrown off track and visualize yourself handling the emotion so that then you have the mental capacity to see, okay, what is this little test like, what am I learning from this test? Like, what, why there's a reason for this and what, what can I derive is the reason so I can subtly adjust, right? So that's like, that, that would be the first thing. And then the second thing is just throughout, whether it's your project or anyone, the key is the con is to continually check in with yourself, right? Like mm -hmm. you're doing the actions and so forth, but are they working? You know, is there something that you can see, okay, well, this is working more than that. And, you know, now's the time to adjust the, 
the experiment, you know, the experimentation or adjust the plan and double down in this area, for example. And, and same, I, I, you know, just since it's so fresh, I'll just continue to use the, the film project. Like this first step for me was to start having conversations with people in that industry to understand like what, what does it take to put together a pitch? Like even the, the, all the language is completely different. I was coming from, you know, the startup space of, of the closest thing that resembles this would be pitching for investment for, for a company. Um, but all of the language is completely different in that space. And it's, it's, you know, just, I've got a list of conversation or people that I've, I've had conversations with just to try to understand what, what's going on. And then, constantly keep checking in to see okay this is what i've learned this is this is i was going down this track but based on these last two or three conversations doesn't really seem like that's the the right path like now where you know so the path is winding but the like the mountain is still in the distance or, or the the peak is still over there right uh and it's those check-ins though that many forget to do and then that's when you end up in a completely different mountain range. You're like, mm. oh, I climbed something. It's not that you didn't climb something, but you climb the wrong mountain. Um, typically, because we, we don't slow down to be like, to just check in to subtly course correct. Yeah, that was, uh, that's a big one right there. I know even for myself and in my journey, right, with being a software engineer, you got, I I didn't get to the, let's say the top of the software engineering pinnacle, but I was close enough where I could see the top. And that was whenever it was like, Oh shit, I'm not, this path doesn't have what I was looking for in all, in all of life. Like now, you know, I had a, yeah. what I would, what I called a quarter life crisis. <laughs> and luckily it happens yeah, yeah. later. And so I was kind of just like, Oh shit. Like, uh, I was like, yep, this is not the, this mountain isn't going to take me to the height that, I internally know I want to go. And, and that's huge, man. I mean, to sit there and say, I spent over 10 years dedicated to software engineering, programming, saying this is the path. And then to just say, all right, I got to walk 99% of the way down this mountain just to go up the different and traverse that other peak. That's a, that's a huge, um, gamble, a huge gamble. It's really, it's weird. Now it doesn't really feel like a gamble, but it's a huge, uh, pivot to internally make yeah. to, to kind of trust yourself or to have it's like almost like the desire of reaching that other peak to see the valley from a different view is worth going back down and climbing up a, a different mountain it's almost it, it, it's almost like you there's this weird knowing that there's a different view from that mountain and so it's worth the uh, spending the extra you know even if it takes twice as long right this other mountain takes twice as long to climb it's worth it's worth that journey yeah well but i would argue like in the moment it feels like you're you know basically traversing or, or coming down the entire mountain but in retrospect you're you're probably more so swinging over to the next mountain and and you know maybe that other maybe that next mountain's higher but you're you're never like a decade worth of of work, even in a completely different industry, is not way, ever wasted. So I feel like you know maybe it's sure. you know maybe it's not equal, but it you're definitely. I don't think you're starting from the bottom of of even if in a, in a brand new industry, you're swinging over and you're taking all of those learned experiences and and whatnot, including just like with your with yourself personally, and you're you're 
it's like your it's like your backpacks filled with the right stuff and and now you're you know now you're on the track and see kind of where where it goes next because like, i mean you could swing on to another one and so forth and um you just keep kind of up you know leveling up in a way right oh for sure and to even expand on that i've started seeing that recently with the development of ai because even now looking at it from like a spiritual lens or a consciousness lens i have that background of computer engineering so i understand the yeah. fundamental principle of the way that ai is learning the way that they're being trained and all these different aspects and so it it's an interesting duality of seeing like I don't want to say playing middleman, but at least seeing that we need both of these aspects. Like, you know, there's a lot of fear that kind of is getting circulated around AI. And I, I think there's probably a, um, what's the word I want? There is a, there's a lot of validity in that fear, but I believe that if we are at least elevating ourselves, asking good questions coming into tune with who we are and what we are, then AI could be one of the greatest, most resourceful items that we could ever possibly use in the entire world. But with that being said, if from a place of, from a spiritual place, from a place of enlightenment, from a place of knowing ourselves, knowing who we are and knowing what our intentions are, knowing the world that we want to create, if we're out of alignment with that, if we're coming from a place like we talked about earlier from an idea or from a baseline idea standpoint of destruction and chaos. AI is just going to perpetuate yeah. that into the world just based on how we program it, how we almost give it its nudge into the, the, the sphere of our doing, if that makes sense. Totally. Totally. Well, I, I see it as like kind of the classic, example that we've we've all seen is like when someone falls into a tremendous amount of wealth or money you know typically if that that foundation is not solid you're just pouring gasoline in onto a mess and they you know they spiral out of control and that's when you start seeing you know just all this this irrational behavior and people just basically self exploding or imploding, you know, in a way it's always been there. Yeah. It's just now you're, you're like, you're adding, you know, um, gas on that, that fire essentially. And I feel like it's the same thing with, with AI. Cause it could be, I, 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 I get the sense that like many of us will, depending on the industries that we're in, like almost become producers overnight. Um, like I think of designers, uh, you know, like if I was a, uh, illustrator or any kind of designer uh, and i had a business around that i would i'd just be looking at i've got two businesses now uh one one-off premium custom original art that is created by a human and stamped by a human and then the other business a different clientele i'm the one going to generate those generate the prompts for that ai to create the work that you're looking for cuz i i'm the expert in ask putting in the inputs cuz i know the industry and I, to me that seems really interesting really exciting and a way to you know evolve with the tech with the technology right and i feel like there's going to be a lot of that happening um, and when it comes to the spirituality piece and like anyone working in that space i feel like that whole industry is about to 
to explode even further because you know the more we go down this route of AI and technology and so forth, um, that kind of pushes you away from those those like who am I questions and stuff like that. People are going to be you know at one point really seeking guidance and experts to help counterbalance what's what's going on. It's just that's just my prediction, but we'll see what happens. Oh, I think I'm on board with that prediction as well. I mean, from a personal perspective, I'm on board with that. But then even from a more recent perspective, right? Because whenever uh, the C word, <laughs> the whole C word came out, um, it really forced people to go inward. I mean, you could see in Google Trends, yeah. there was a rise in the word of meditation and, and because of that. And I think even with AI, it's going to like automation in general is going to revolutionize so many jobs and industries that it's going to force people out of jobs. And when you don't have work, when you don't have a job, it really asks you or begs that question of who am I? What am I doing here? Where, where am I going for knowledge or for purpose or for fulfillment? How do I find that? Mm -hmm. And I think personally, it's quite amazing to hear you say that because I know whenever I was a sophomore in high school and I took a, or a junior in high, was I a junior in high school? I was a junior in high school and I took a computer programming class. And I remember the very first um, program I wrote, which is called Hello World. And I guess you probably know this being a software guy now. And then, so for those who don't know, Hello World is essentially the first program that you write whenever learning a language. And the whole goal is just to write Hello World onto a screen. And I kid you not, the very first time I saw that, I it blew me away with how powerful computers were. What would this have been? This would have probably been like, 2010 so like it was just after like kind of the dot-com bubble burst and and i guess yeah. we're starting to get back on our feet about technology and banks like the banking you know recession and everything so you know in my life i i guess i i i guess i i can't say for sure right being in high school but it felt to me that people weren't 100 percent sold on computers in 2010 but now like less than 10 years later or i guess it's 12 years later but people really started seeing like, okay, obviously computers are the way forward. Obviously AI, like no one mm -hmm. today is still going yeah. to be doubting that, that progress. And so I found it honestly, yeah, it's like, interesting to stroke my ego a little bit here. Right. I, I was like very much, I guess in tune, like that was probably the first and one of the only intuitive downloads I think I had of like, okay, computers are the future. I should learn computers. So that's why I went into computer engineering. Like that was my mindset. I was like, this is fascinating to learn about. I know it's the future. I should learn this. And it's weird because I felt like whenever this whole thing happened, whenever I got into the podcast, I kind of had that same exact like click, that same exact click happened. Okay. It was super cool having long form conversation with people. I realized I gravitated towards spirituality and it seemed like something that was going to be in the future, right? Whether it was for me or for other people, I don't know. So I, I found that, you know, we can obviously break down how that happened, but it seems like these two, it's very fascinating. It seems like those two things have been a very, have been a, a cornerstone epiphany of both of the careers that I have per pursued in my life, right? Computer engineer and spiritual podcaster. And it's, it, it's just like, there's some sort of knowing within me that this is going to be the future in some way. So I might as well get into it before the entire igniting entire fire has been completely 
you know, lit, if you will. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, like, are, are you, are you seeing the intersect yet? Like are your computer, like engineering days and, and development days or software engineer and whatnot, like, or programming, I should say, like, is there any desire to incorporate that skill set at all in what you're currently doing? And I don't know, maybe that's showing up in, in how you're thinking about AI as well. And I'm, I'm, I wonder if, if you're going to find yourself writing some code you know, soon. It's an interesting question. I have gotten the question if I've had any like feelings to go back to it. I haven't had like an idea to go back. I haven't really had the full like drive, if you will. I, I, I still like loved it whenever I was doing it. Um, really the reason I got out of it was just like, I didn't want to be in that system. I was, you know, trying mm -hmm. to find something else. I wanted to talk to people. I wanted to engage that, you know, intuition side of me, that feeling side, that more creative feminine side. So, I mean, the honest answer is I don't know. I definitely have looked at AI in terms of content creation, because it seems like that's just like going to be a given. I'll give it this podcast and it'll say, okay, here's a really great clip. That's going to get to millions of views. Like that's just going to happen at some point. Uh, yeah. I don't really have a drive to create that myself. So personally, the, the drive hasn't been there. Here's where it gets interesting though. And I'm just kind of thinking about this on the fly is as I was kind of transitioning out of software engineering, I had a, for a year I worked as like the CTO in a company and it was a, a startup and it didn't end in the best case scenario, but I really found that <laughs> as I'm sure you've had your plenty of experiences yes. with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was in a position where I was taking the ideas from the CEO and being able to translate them into engineer speak if you will, because okay. the CEO yeah. would be like, I want this to do this. And so I would have to be there and say, well, okay, like it's going to take some time because of the way it's set up and have to be that mediary role. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I needed you in my, in, in our app days. That's uh, exactly one of our downfalls. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn. Just, I guess I found the wrong startup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was really, that was really energizing. And for like a little bit, I was like kind of advertising myself as being that middleman. I, I, I think CTO is probably the best terminology for it. And so I, I certainly, you know, anyone listening, even for you, Mark, like I'm definitely open to a position like that in the future or, you know, right now, if you will, but I haven't, you know, I feel like that's a, a much better use of my talent. And because I even said this whenever I was like kind of in that position is like, yes, I can program. Yes, I can make these things, you know, writing, sitting down and typing. But from my experience, there are people who are far, far better programmers than I. And there are far better people at executing certain ideas. But I, I truly believe that maybe that's the pivot that's going to come up at some point in the near future. Cause we're talking about this. I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast well, before. Well, I was going to say, just, just keep your eyes and ears and, and intuition open. That's all. Yeah. I See mean, what happens. Hey, I'm open to it. Anyone listening, I'm open to it. So let's talk if you got a cool idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's super fascinating. And, and I think that's probably also something that if we even take a step back and look at kind of social media as a whole, right? Because 
that's because this is because this is really what's crazy right is is even sitting down and listening to you know when they're interviewing mark zuckerberg or you know the people from google or the people from apple is like they have no idea what they're talking about like they're talking to the ceo of facebook about google and they're talking to the ceo of google about iphone and it's like the questions they're asking it's like you know and then i'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because i'm getting <laughs> excited here but like then you'll see a video of it and half the comments are like oh this guy on google is like dodging his question and i'm kind of sitting there because i would, i love the conspiracy theories but to me i'm like no, he literally can't even answer this question because it's such a bad question <laughs> that he can't yeah, even yeah. give a solid answer of yes or no. And and so it's and it's and so to your your question, maybe that is kind of the direction that my life is heading, that there is some sort of geez, I, I'm feeling my body kind of a light light up as I'm even saying this, is that there is some sort of emergence of our consciousness of humanity and computers that is in my future that I haven't, you know, come across yet. Well, wouldn't that be exciting? I mean, I'm excited for you. I feel like something's coming. I feel like we just stumbled on something. I don't know what it is, but a prophetic, uh, prophetic future of some sort there. That pyramid behind you started to levitate a bit. I don't know if you noticed Did that. Did you see that? No, <laughs> I, didn't see it. I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, it's oh, awesome. No, but our I think our society certainly needs it's it's a lot, man, because even even looking at all this stuff that's kind of happened with like FTX or the crypto space and scammers with money and getting away with all this stuff, I mean, our the mm -hmm. people in power, I mean, look, I I get it. I get the point of government. I think there's a valid validated valid option for it. There's a reason we need government. But like they're just so far behind, it's crazy. There is no yeah. The intelligence isn't even there, right? So whenever people sit here and say like, you know, is it arrogance or ignorance? I I think it's just ignorance mostly. Whenever it comes to the crypto stuff, whenever it comes to social media, like like it's almost as if we don't even have the education in place to have a valid conversation of you know, in certain situations, are they just getting paid off or do they seriously not know? Because even with like the whole FTX thing, like he was the one paying them and supplying them with the information at the same time. So it's like, it's like, how can they even make a good decision here? I, I just, I think, yeah. I mean, I think this, one of the starting points is everyone outside of government, you know, that is part of, I mean, it's all of us part of the system is to just be honest with ourselves first and foremost that unfortunately the majority of the people that are are in 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 those institutions and governments don't have our best interests at heart and i think there's like a especially with health and all like it's it's so it's so obvious now that as you really start to unpack like the, some of the biggest issues they don't have our, our, our interests at heart. Like as, as much as the, you know, you, that that's the narrative. And as much as I think we want to believe that, I think we just need to be honest with ourselves. And I'm not saying this from like a doom and gloom perspective, but if we can at least be honest with that, then we can start asking the right questions of, okay, well, this is, you know, what's being proposed or this is the situation. Well, let's talk about it because I know your interest is not just to make me healthier that that's that is not 
that's been disproven several times now over and over again. So let's let's just talk with the real facts about the real facts here and and try to move forward with the real information, not not a narrative. Right. Right. You know? And that's man in this kind like of Russell Brandt went on a rant the other day on Joe Rogan's show about this. Like what did he he said something to the fact of they were talking about uh well, they were talking about obviously the pandemic and it's like the pandemic and world wars. Like you can't expect, you can't expect a different outcome or a positive outcome if it, it, so in the health space, if the, if the pharmaceutical company is, is profiting from a pandemic or, or government and private companies are profiting from making, you know, weapons for war. Like it just, it doesn't work like how how can that how can that like how can you fix those problems if the people trying to fix them are profiting from them like that like that's the just the no one talks about that though like it's, it's so right. logical is it not you know yeah we could definitely talk so about let's it just here, if you want you know like <laughs> well i mean i don't i i, I don't have like i i don't know i mean i'll flow with what with whatever you've you've got or wherever you want to go i don't have any i don't have any massive solutions but i'm just just tired of people not asking again coming to the questions not asking these these questions and um you know conspiracy theories aside which you know many of those actually have have, as you mentioned you know come true um like can we let's just stick with the facts of what's happening here and this isn't new you know like this has been happening for for a long time so even with that information okay so that's not going to change overnight like there's a lot going on here um but let's just stop like you're just wasting everyone's time and people are dying because of these ridiculous setups yeah my big things always follow the money my big things always follow the money yeah what was it we gave totally 300 I mean, what the Secretary of State or Secretary of Defense is the ex Raytheon CEO, and we gave what three hundred some million dollars to Ukraine to buy Raytheon equipment for the war, yeah. and it's a vicious cycle. And I, I, I do people just not want to know that? Is that what it is? Because it's like it's there, like especially the pandemic stuff like the 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 information is there i think i think like, what is it i think is i think there's a multitude of things right i don't think it's either or it's usually and and i think a lot of people just are like i i want to just hang out with people i just want to talk to mark on the weekends i want to chill i want our friends yeah, to, yeah. we just get along like you know hey you want to come over mark like let's just hang out let's chill like you don't want to I don't think you want to believe it, but you also just, there's a part of your mind that you don't associate with people who make millions of dollars off of the war. So you just, that's like yeah. out of your realm of belief that that even exists. It, it's kind of like um, whenever the whole kind of pedophile thing kind of rolled out, it's like, it's like, you don't, there's a part of you that doesn't want to believe it. I don't think, because if, if that's true, then that means that there are kids that were sexually abused in terrible ways. Mm-hmm. So like, you don't want it to be true. And then on top of that, you don't know anybody who does that type of stuff. So it's like, how can you even mentally rationalize or even think about, you know, what that is? And yeah. then, and then I think it's, it's a mixture of ignorance is bliss. It's a mixture of 
you know, I just want to hang out with Mark. Like, just leave us alone. Let me hang out with Mark. Let our families hang out. Let's uh, talk about some fun things. And then I I think the problem is, and, you know, things have to get to a place where it's so bad that it just, it takes good men to do heroic actions in order for it to actually fix it. They have to do something crazy. Mm -hmm. They have to stand up against evil. It's, I mean, and hopefully it gets to a place before it gets so bad that you end up in a place like North Korea or, you know, yeah, China, I mean, China's pretty bad, but, you know, it's not North Korea standards, if you will. So it's like you almost don't want to believe who's the the girl that's coming out and talk, Yayomi Park, who escaped from North Korea, yeah. like her story, like, dude, there's shit that she talks about in there. And I don't want to get too dark here because it gets dark, but her story is so dark that you just can't even mentally conceptualize the things she talks about. And there's a part of you that doesn't want to believe that that exists. And I mean, rightfully so, but it's, you know, becomes that balance of like, well, I'm just going to live my best life and everything should work itself out. And I do believe that there's truth to that, but then there's, you know, there's that it's a, it's a, it's an interesting blend. I, I think it's just a mixture of all of the above. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, at least for me, like, it becomes overwhelming in the sense of like, I also don't, I also don't want to live life just like, which unfortunately, I feel like a lot of this is happening right now where I, like, I absolutely trust no one, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not a fun way to, to live. Like, always, like, I'm, you know, obviously uh, big on, on, on the questions or the question guy, but sometimes I just want to roll too, you know, you know, I don't have to do a thousand hours of research on, on something that there's really qualified people that you're, they're supposed to be the experts on, but then for whatever, for multiple reasons, usually follow the money situations. It's like, Oh, well now I can no longer trust what you just said. Um, So now I'm, I'm, I'm spent, you know, you've got to spend hours looking at this, looking at that. And, you know, I guess there's some benefit because that you know that that does train your mind to uh, see different perspectives and do the research and whatnot. But it just feels so counterproductive to a system, and and there's many of these systems that are supposed to be designed to you know help us all essentially, and in many cases, it's, it's doing the exact opposite. Uh, I you know what's coming to mind is that there needs to be this, the system of checks and balances, right? I mean, look, the founding fathers figured it out, right? If you don't have a system that's checking and balancing itself, then it's just going to run out of control. If you put one Supreme dictator in control, uh, you know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. It's, you know, stuff that our entire country was founded upon. And I, I think even in this FTX situation, even in the crypto space still today, there are no checks and balances as, Mm-hmm. Great as it is, as much as I love Bitcoin, there are going to be nefarious actors that come along with this new technology that are going to abuse it. I mean, there's yeah. no shortage of rug pulls that people pull on people and nobody goes to jail. Maybe they get a slap on the wrist or a fine. I mean, even with the most recent bank, uh, what was it? The Silicon Valley Bank. All the people yeah. at the top just randomly decided to pull out all of their money a couple of weeks before it crashed. It's like... Yeah. And who gets screwed? It's like they don't get screwed. It's like all the people who invested in them get screwed and yet they yeah. get out with their millions of dollars and it's like you know, I it's it's again it co- just comes back to one of those things is I think that 
you just see it, I think, more prevalently. There's a couple things going on. I think number one, you know, whenever corruption happens, more corrupt things are just going to come to the surface. You're just going to see them more frequently. And if we don't mm-hmm. have these checks and balances, these kind of things to keep us honest, we have a tendency to lose ourselves is my perception is that, you know, if, yeah. if so many people tell you that you're God, that you're amazing, that you have all the answers, you're not going to listen to what other people have to say. You're not going to keep yourselves in between. And, and if we want to relate this back to the questions, like that's, I think a powerful thing about questions is constantly keeping ourselves in check, keep constantly questioning ourselves, you know, am I on the right path? Am I helping people? Am I causing more good or more harm? And I mean, I know even for myself, what was it? Oh, I got a lot of backlash for this was like, um, you know, I still think about this a lot, which is like the whole Kanye West situation, whenever he kind of went down his whole thing. And there was a piece of me that was like, look, like, I feel like he's trying to embody the spirit of casting love to all right. Like love everyone as if they need love. And I, and I think at some level he was trying to articulate that whenever he was going on his like whole Hitler rant was like that he was trying to show us that Hitler needed love. Hitler needed more love. That's why he did terrible things. And I think that it's a very difficult thing to say, especially in the current climate of society. It's a difficult thing to talk about. It's, it's difficult. And, and you want to have that conversation without creating more hate along that path. So you know, I know in my, like in older podcasts, I think I was a little bit careless whenever I would kind of say these things like, you know, probably coming from a place of ego or a place of, um, just look, just love everybody. Like I know how it is. And, and, you know, there's a, there's a level of that checks and balances, right? The, the mm-hmm. audience, if you will, needs to check Like, I can't believe you'd say this or go. And it's like, yeah, like, okay, fine. Fair it was misunderstood, but there's a, there's a level of responsibility on me to articulate my thoughts in a way that are helping people as opposed to creating more, I don't want to say harm, but at least more, um, less fear or less, uh, anger in a situation like that. Yeah. Well, and I think like in those, in, in that, in that's his situations. That's probably the biggest thing was just, there's, there were major communication challenges on getting some of these messages and obviously some of you know you know uh, again like i think there's extremes right and somewhere the answer relies in the middle uh but the the parts that i do agree with 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 some of the stuff kanye was saying was just uh, challenging again the status quo of things and and you know some of the stuff he said was this a bit out there for me for sure but I think what 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 I found interesting, what I've learned in, in the whole process is, again, regardless of whatever whatever the statement was, whatever the message, you know, because there's so many, is that there was there's no openness to challenge any kind of uh, narrative or conversation that goes against what you believe, and that's in, the problem in a, in a respectful way. Like I think that's and I think that's the big one is like. To be able to have, you know, a place or a safe place to have conversations, and I think both parties have to come to it in, in, with respect, but like at least provide that option for for dialogue, right? Like I can't. I, I'm curious. Like 
now you're, you've you've got me thinking. I I want to try to see like if there's examples in the in the in the Socrates world of you know th- these are big questions and dialogue going back and forth, challenging assumptions, challenging you know uh, a hypothesis, your statements and stuff like that. Like how did they handle you know uh, polar opposite opinions or or answers in in those forms and whatnot? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe maybe it's not good, but it's worth at least exploring to see, you know, what's going on because what's happening right now is also not healthy. Yeah, and I and there's a level I think of that conversation needing to happen. And and look, I and this is also another crux of this conversation, right? Is is of having long form discussions. Like whenever people sign up for my podcast, I'm like, it's three hours. I want to do three hours. Whenever it's two hours, it feels like it's left off because I mean, look, we're over the two hour mark and we're kind of getting into a a pretty strong point of the conversation. Meanwhile, and I think this is probably indicative of our society. Meanwhile, you have the TikTokification of social media where everything is just this quick five, 10 second thing. Meanwhile, I want to take that opposite approach. Like there has to be a whiplash at some point where people are like, screw this. There's something wrong with this 10 second addiction. I need to get back to a place where it's like a long thought out conversation. And again, maybe this is that intuitional poke that I've been feeling along the way. And yeah, I mean, kind of going back though, even to our, the other conversation, right. Where it comes to um, these grandiose ideas. And this is kind of a part of that process that I figured out where it's like me and you being two white males, we can't, like in today's society, I don't think we can have a conversation on a public forum like this about, you know, women issues or African-American issues, because it just the people who we would have the best intention of helping, it's going to fall on deaf ears. And so what I've yeah. kind of realized along this process is whenever I do have on um, somebody of color or a woman, that's whenever I'll ask the questions along like, you know, uh, sexual abuse from a woman's perspective or slavery from the perspective of manifestation and all is one, because those are the people who would be able to reach out to certain communities. Whereas like two white men sitting mm-hmm. in a room aren't going to be able to, you know, it's just going to come across as racist or it might get, a, it might go the wrong direction where again, it's going to create yeah. more of that ill intent as opposed to being more constructive as the intention of it might be. Totally. Yeah. I, agree on that one. Yeah. There was a, so to bring it back to your book, (laughs) we don't want to sit in that for too long. I love it. (laughs) Uh, What was it that you wrote in here? You wrote something in here that I wanted to expand upon. Uh, Can I find it? Shit. I'm not going to be able to find it off the top of my head. I wanted to pivot back to this. Why am I building this? Let's start off here. While I'm looking for this, did you have a favorite chapter or a favorite uh, segment as you were writing this? Uh, that's always that's always the million dollar question or, or heart. It's just like, do you have a favorite prompt? And uh, kind of answer that in the same way. It it changes. It's like just how just like how I suggest to consume the book for, as as a reader, and and that is like to go through the table of contents and, and see what pops for you. Uh, there's a reason, you know, a chapter or a question will surface intuitively. So I see it the same way. Like at, at the time when I was writing the book, um, 
the the person in the chapter that that resonated the most and I needed to hear the most was the one covering Jerry Colonna and all around the idea of meeting life uh, as it is or 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 where you're like kind of accepting life as it is, for example, because mm. um, there's still very much uh, in those times like very kind of muddy waters. Like I was doing a lot of the reflection myself, but just trying to see like there wasn't super clear paths yet uh and it's getting clearer and clearer but just so then you know his chapter and his his wisdom helped me at least just trust the journey and and know that you know all of this is is happening for a reason and to again trust my own practices and and essentially follow the recipe of the book and and that you know the right pass will surface and so forth and and i think that that continues to happen and i'm trying to to stay true as much as possible to that. Yeah. So in, and in the way you're kind of talking about this is to actually like look through, like come with a question and then kind of look through the, the chapters and see which one kind of sticks out to you. And not even come with a question. I mean, no, just even open, open it up. And like the reason why, this the 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 process for selecting the the individuals to profile um was you know was a topic that we spent a lot of time on and it was it was designed intentionally to a uh bring bring people to light that you know some readers may not know who they are even though you know if you're a you know a non-fiction author you probably know of James Clear but uh, of atomic habits but many people don't know you know who he is for example but everyone knows Picasso. Everyone knows Maya Angelou for the most part. So the idea was to have a mix of introducing to, to other people, but then also people that are immediately would attract some sort of attention. And then from there, now that you're kind of, uh, you know, alert, follow, okay, well, is it the person, you know, is there something about that person that you want to learn more about? Or is there something about the opening prompt on the table of contents beside that person that attracts you? And typically when you follow that intuition, there's something that's linked to uh, something that you need, you know, mm. whether that's personally or professionally. And that's why that suggestion is is there because then, you know, ideally in most cases, you'll get more out of the chapter because it's, you know, something you could apply right away. And then, then it leads to, okay, well, then, then who's next, for example, and so forth. Yeah, something kind of even as you were talking there, and I was thinking about this as I was reading the book as well, was that you could also use it almost as like a uh, tarot deck, if you will, where it's like a, kind of how you were saying with the affirmations, you just pick a random page. And so, yeah. so I was actually, I'm going to try to find a page right here. I'm going to set the intention to grab onto a question that is that relates to what we were just talking about. Okay, right there is calling to me. Let me see what we find here. Oh, final thought. Get out of your head and into your own body. Let me see here. <laughs> what was the question? What do I feel? Ah, this is interesting by Dan Doty. Da yeah, Dan Doty. Doty. Dan Doty. Yeah, big, big. Uh... I mean, men's work, uh, we haven't talked about that at all. I mean, but in, in those days of when my, when my company was imploding or when we we're deciding to shut it down, um, the, the men's group that I have, which was formed through damn Doty originally, 
uh, and I still meet with this group every every second Monday, was absolutely instrumental in in helping process the emotion from the situation because it was a, it's a group that continues to be full judgment free, mm. uh, a zone where it's just it's not to go there to get advice unless you ask for it, and, and then the men will give uh, any advice that they they feel could be helpful. It's more. I hear you and I feel you and that sucks. And sometimes that's all we need to hear or, and, and equally amount of times that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. I feel your excitement and, um, the passion and the, like the energy in your voice and it's just connecting, you know, with, with other humans. And I love how this played out because I don't know if you noticed this as that transition there, but I was just saying how, you know, <laughs> two white men can't talk about slavery or women's issues. But then we found a way through the power of this uh, book and terror to come into, okay, the connection between men and emotions, right? Or men and their feelings. Because this is very yeah. much something that I think in Western society, well, I know in Western society that if there's one big disconnect, it's probably between men and their emotional state or men and how they feel. So this is actually it's definitely a big one. Yeah. So this is actually really <laughs> powerful because I mean, even through my podcast, I basically just go off of intuition, whatever feels right, whatever feels aligned. So how have you seen then even maybe throughout your life or with uh, Keo? was it, did you pronounce it Keo? Kyo? Yeah. Keo. Keo. Yeah. With Keo, Keo, with, you know, even where you're at now, where has kind of like your relationship between feeling and being a man like the interconnectivity of that how have you seen that change and it changed the world around you well the the biggest thing that actually comes to mind uh pulls on the thread that we spoke about earlier around breaking generational patterns and cycles because what i would say outside of of just helping my own mind heal from different experiences and, and having the, a feeling of safety and support from the, from the group of men. The other big, big benefit has been speaking to, 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 I have two boys now, but uh, definitely Caleb, who's going to be seven, probably a little bit more uh, like old enough, like speaking to him in, in, in a different way that, you know, I grew up, you know, like, I, my, I had a very typical father, uh, very, very, I mean, very loving father, but just again, like exactly what you described in, in terms of there was no emotion, you know, demonstrated in the house or like any big, like, I love you's and things like that. Definitely no tears. Um, like later on in life, uh, yes, but not, I don't remember that, you know, in the moment and just go, you know, going through this, this, process with these guys um giving the permission to change that change that pattern and and you know speak to my son in a way to 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 show him that emotions are are okay and more than okay you know human you know even even when some of those bigger life shifts happen where you know i felt really emotionally rocked i remember one of the guys Cause I was, I was spending the day, I, t- I took the rest of the day off and I was going to spend the day with my son. It was just the two of us. Uh, my wife was gone. And one of the guys said, you know, it's okay to tell your son 
You don't have to give them the details. You won't understand, but it's okay for you to just say, you know, dad's having a bad day today. It's not you. It's just dad's just having a bad day. Um, if I seem a, a bit off mm-hmm. and just by doing that, you know, like, because had, had I not done that and my emotion was off in a way, especially at a young age like that, there's so much going on that they're picking up where there could have been like, have I done something to create this mood or whatever it is, right? right? So just setting, setting that, making it okay and having that conversation is something I wouldn't, would not have intuitively and definitely was not taught, you know, uh, from my own dad to, to do. So I'm excited for, or I'm proud of, of that kind of work that continues to happen. Um, and he knows like, you know, it's just Monday, every second Monday. And, um, it's like, oh yeah, dad's going, you know, going to the men's group and, and like, it's part of, of, of normalcy in our home. And at one point I'm sure he's going to ask like, well, like what, you know, what goes on in this men's group, you know? And I can't wait, you know, for that day and I'll explain to him and so forth. And hopefully he, you know, creates his own group at one point. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so powerful. I mean, even just, it seems like there's a connection here with like being vulnerable, right? Like that ability to even just say, yeah, I'm not doing too well today. It's okay. Like everything's going to be all right, but just today's a little off. And for, yeah, I mean, especially kids. Cause I mean, kids are just, they're tuned in. Like they're, they got no logical brain going they are on. Tuned. They know all the energies that are going around in the house. I've, I want to keep away from like the personal, but there's like a, a rough situation going on within my somewhat family situation and there's kids involved. And I'm like, it's so it's fascinating because I try to take a higher level perspective to it and to see the way that the parents try to like navigate around it is kind of comical to me because I'm like, they're trying to hide all this shit, but like the kids know I'm like, the, the kids are smarter than you give them oh, credit yeah. for. It's crazy. And yet that seems like another thing that our society has done is that we've almost, I don't know how to articulate this, but have taken away the voice of the child and something feels off about that in the sense of, you know, giving the, the kid a, a say at the table where it's like putting too much authority in the child, but almost empowering the child, if you will, because I even still see it in, you know, neighbors today where some neighbors will kind of just talk past you if you're around your parents, where it's like, I still even feel a little weird mm-hmm. around people who I refer to as like Mr. So-and-so. Cause like now I'm at the age where it's like, okay, do I go to first name or are we still doing Mr.? And then yeah, yeah, it sets up this odd dynamic of, you know, like, I don't want to say don't respect your elders. Cause I, I do, I do agree that there is a, a huge amount of value there, but there's almost not, any value placed on the idea of newness or new ideas and hell, this might mm-hmm. even go back to our political conversation earlier, like, like the newness of new ideas, new people coming into Congress, new people, um, per- presenting forth new ideas that could help us evolve in a certain path. And, and I think there's so much value in that, but it seems like that is almost lost on our generation as well. So there might be a connection there as well between, new ideas, children, feeling, and and kind of this masculine space that we're in as a society. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think the, probably the link to it all is just, you know, feeling out the feelings and not numbing and not numbing out. Like it starts, 
I, you know, it, it, it starts at a young age for whatever reason. And, and I'm sure there's going to be things that, that, that we do over here as parents that have effects and it's just, it just, it's, it's par for the course in a way, but what, what, and my wife and I talk about this often, cause we, you know, sometimes it, it gets to the point where we get anxious. Like we don't want obviously to, to inflict that on any of our kids. And what we typically come back to though, is it's inevitable. Like we're going to do, we're, we're humans. We're going to make mistakes as well. But if we can equip them to think critically and also be able to jump into self-inquiry when it you know when they're old enough to understand and at least at this age be able to you know when you're when you, when our son's freaking out or having a tantrum of some sort like ask the questions like what like what emotions are you feeling and just breathe through that like just help them be more tapped into those emotions so that doesn't lead to these areas where you numb out with whatever whether whether that's substances or other behavior like whatever there's there's usually something that we're trying to numb out which also numbs out new ideas and the way we think and all of that stuff like it to me it all comes back to what's going on in the mind right and definitely from an emotional perspective so so yeah so i think i i, I don't know i mean i definitely don't have all the, the answers for that but what we're we're definitely trying on this side is is to make it okay to talk about how we're feeling um, even like, you know, my son is, is really, really passionate about drawing and he'll often come to me and like, Hey dad, like, what do you think of, of this drawing? And, and my default reaction is typically like, yeah, it looks really great. Like, you know, great job, which, you know, is probably a good thing to say, but I'm trying to say it looks awesome. How does it make you feel? Mm. Right. And just those subtle little, those little prompts to get him you know, starting to think about, okay, I feel really proud about what I created here and like going, you know, enter into a dialogue like that, that I was, I mean, I was never asked something like that as a kid. Um, and I, there's no, I, there's no, uh, there's no fault or shame or anything like that. I mean, again, my dad was, you know, following probably what was happening uh, with his dad. And I know definitely know for a fact it was a thousand times worse in terms of sure. that generation so you know he was he in a way i'm sure was trying to break a certain pattern and, and did in in many ways and and i'm trying to break a certain pattern and i'm sure it's just going to continue i'm trying to break all of them <laughs> yeah yeah uh but yeah but yeah something in your answer that really stuck out to me which i didn't really fully i think embody until i was deeper on the spiritual path was like this idea of tools and what certain tools you can use, right? Like yeah. whether it's meditating, whether it's journaling, whether it's using your dreams, whether it's in some cases channeling, whether it's using uh, a book as a tarot, tarot card deck, you know, and, and it sounds like that's kind of like the, the process that you're even giving your kid now, right? Like you don't want to make them, what is it? Like you don't want your, it's something like the, the tyrannical mother wants to make her child invincible, but it's almost yeah. like you can't really make them invincible to a world that's always changing. You have to give them tools to be able to adapt to this world that's always changing. And through the tools, yes, there will be struggle. Yes, there will be some some sacrifice and some downfalls, but at least they have the tools in order to get them through those difficult moments. Totally, totally. 
because I mean, even I think even for myself, like without the tools, you know, that's that's where you start to self destruct. And and I wish, like I, you know, the the tools are endless, of course, and uh, that's what's kind of exciting about being on this whole journey. There's always new things to discover and experiment with. But for the most part, you know, even when I was going to school, like just, and I'm sure you can resonate, like we didn't have this stuff. And, you know, I do, I, I have the opportunity to speak to different college and university classes and whatnot. And it's, it's sad. It's sad and scary because uh, I often get them to check in with uh, one word answers, which is the same thing that we do in our men's group every time. Mm-hmm. That's how it starts. How do you feel today? One word, you just check in. And like, it's a way for us to, to come in with the real emotion of the moment. And the check-ins from students are um, 90 plus percent high stress, full minds, uh, fearful, like, you know, not positive emotion. Let's just, just say that. And I just, I don't remember that level of stress when, you know, when, when I was in school and sure. Sure when you were in school as well. I mean, there were pressures of course, but not to this point where this is, you know, and uh, you know, it, it's clear cause we, we, we do have a, a full on mental health crisis. Like it's, it's no surprise. Um, and it's, it's just getting worse, you know, in a way. And, and, and when you start looking at everything that's going on in the world, and this is kind of where I'm trying to bring it all together, like everything that we've been talking about, like those are huge, huge topics that, you know, if you let your mind go on them, like it's not very optimistic, you know, to come into the, to that world. So I, at the very least, I, I hope we can all do, and, uh, and this is this is why I'm so passionate about the book and the film series and and the original reason for targeting actually musicians for this next project was to reach a younger demographic that that those people look up to um, to give them the tools or at least a tool or something you know to be able to process all of the stuff that's going on so that they hopefully um, again can live you know, a thriving life and, and feel good and, and be happy doing so um, as we all deserve once again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like our feels like it's one of those things that people talk about. It's like your birthright or it's your divine, 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 right. Your divine, uh, trying to think of the best way to articulate this but just like the divine divineness of just being you right you get that ultimate freedom that's allowed or bestowed Mm -hmm. upon you and and it seems to me is this something maybe right because we're talking about all these tools and i know that i've been shown a lot a lot a lot of tools since getting into the spirituality space but i don't think that i really came across too many or any i mean there's some but it seems like a lot of them were coming from a place of more fear-based right you got to work you got to grind you got to do you got to you got to push yourself to the brink of exhaustion if you want to get anywhere and a lot of those seem like they come from a place of more fear or scarcity versus more holistic or more uh more enlightened let's say tools how how do people find, you know, enlightened tools, if you will? All right. And we are 
back from our classic interruption that happens every now and then on this program. Uh, <laughs> but the question that I was getting to was, is how do we find tools that come from a place of, I guess, enlightenment, but let's say higher vibration, like higher vibrational tools. How do we, how do we find those or even use those? It's a good question. I, I mean, I don't know if I have the answer to that other than I think we need to be in, in a state of intention to, to, to seek those kind of tools. Like the, the, the closest thing that, that comes to mind for me, because I catch myself uh, doing this often because I'm probably most asked about journaling, given that's kind of my baseline practice. And, you know, uh, as you can probably tell where all the questions come from and so forth. And often speak about journaling, the prompts and different, you know, question flows and so forth from the, from the perspective of how to handle high pressure situations or situations where we have unwanted emotions showing up and so forth, or checking in to identify fear and anxiety and whatnot, which are all, you know, valid and, and valuable approaches to journaling. But there is a whole other side to it where it's can be pure gratitude, can be, again, those questions like, what if everything went right? Or, um, you know, like, what is it about um, the, the path that I'm, that I'm on that I'm excited about? Like, there's a whole other angle or perspective to a practice like journaling that can be on the positive and uh, primer minds to, you know, see more clearly, primer minds to see the positivity, the good and all of that. So, like anything, like, you know, you put the, you put the intention out there or you start, you know, directing your mind that way, then you, you'll start coming across these, these different tools. For the longest time, I was looking for uh, a replacement for, for meditation because at the time I was just, I don't know, I was just, wasn't vibing with meditation. I was trying different practices and um, for whatever reason, it just wasn't flowing really well. Then breath work entered into my life and I was like, wow, this is is exactly what I've been looking for, uh, which in my opinion is kind of like a combination of meditation and journaling, especially in breath holds with prompts and so forth. Plus, mm. you know, physical feeling uh, of, of, of energy or oxygenating the, the, the body. So, you know, it was just kind of putting that out there and probably the through line of this whole conversation, just being tapped into your intuition and, and, and following those signs. Um, and the other thing too, is like, I guess, cause where, where I often get most of my tools is through conversations like these and making sure, so then making sure that your, whether it's your podcast feed or let's just call it your content source or sources, uh, are aligned with what you're looking for. And, you know, like for me, that's, that's usually a combination of books and podcasts as well as any kind of articles and stuff like that that I'm clipping but I'm really intentional with the sources of that material especially if I'm going to read any of that in the morning or listen to a podcast in the morning and so forth um you know it's typically as much I like Joe Rogan but I'm he's not my go-to in the morning because I don't know what kind of topics going to come up and if I get kind of pulled into some of the conversations or topics that you and I were talking about, I don't want to start my morning off like 
pissed off at the government kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so I'll save that for, for, you know, uh, listening to something like that later on, for example, and I'll have, uh, a curated feed or curated books that are 100% I know are going to put my mind in a really motivated state. Mm, that's a good point too, of like figuring out when you want to be in what state oh, your browser now is preventing recording. All right. Maybe we're, this is the, all right. So we got we kicked go. off again. We're just going to take the hint from the universe and um, <laughs> just understand that it's trying to kick us off. It's telling us we've, exhausted our time mark champagne thank you so much for being here mark i have all your links i'm going to throw them down in the show notes below i also love giving the end of the podcast uh space to my guest to address the audience air any last words of advice or you know plug your stuff whatever's feeling called to you or resonant so the space is yours please reference any of the links you want down below and yeah floor is yours Oh, amazing. Well, first of all, thank you. I mean, this was, this was fun. I mean, I've, I've, I've done a lot of podcasts, but there, to your point, uh, there's not a lot of long form shows out there and there is a, uh, a special and, uh, unique vibe to a conversation like this. So thank you for a holding space for this amount of time and for your questions and your curiosity. I really, I really enjoyed it. And the, the, the only thing I'll leave the, the, the audience with is, you know, just enjoy, enjoy the process and the curiosity and the discovery of these tools and, and these questions. And, you know, if you can, uh, if you're, if you're answering a question like, who am I, or, or a question on the onset that might seem big or grandiose, like to just approach it with excitement instead of, uh, fear or uncertainty. And just like, I wonder what's going to come out of spending some time with this question. It's just a subtle little shift in perspective, but, you'll you'll see can make such a huge uh huge difference and so yeah so enjoy it like we only have no matter what we're going through like we only have this experience once so we might as well not rob ourselves of the of the moments of learning the excitement whatever it is in between um of the of the current moment so you know let's all enjoy it and thanks for listening yeah Thanks for thanks, Mark. Thanks for being here. Thanks, guys, for listening. Go grab Personal Socrates. I'm sure it's available everywhere. Definitely click the link below. Um, and yeah, last thing, the only thing else I'll ask you guys is to share this with somebody because I know whenever we share these podcasts, it's a win-win. Win, I win, Mark wins, you win, your friend wins. Um, so everybody, yeah, it's just like, it's the perfect thing. So I don't, don't leave a review. Don't do anything. All you got to do is just share us with one person and I'll be truly grateful. I'm just even truly grateful that you're still listening to my voice right now. So thank you so much. And like always, I will see you guys in the sixth dimension. Mm -hmm.